Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Fathers and the forsaken children, and let them come quickly, for a voice of crying is heard out of Zion, for we are greatly confused, for death has come into our ghettos. To cut off the young men and women from the streets of Philadelphia, New York, L.A., Georgia, Ohio, Florida, Mississippi, and throughout America, South America, the Caribbean islands, Africa, Asia, and all over the world. So return unto me, thus saith Yah, and I will return unto you, O my people. listeners to time for an awakening on black talk radio network new media for the new millennia 
This is a history and current events program. From a cultural perspective, we find this program necessary because Hosea 4.6 states my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. But we as a people can turn this around. Proverbs 4.7 states wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get an understanding. Again, welcome to the program this evening with your host, Brother Elliot and Brother Reggie. The number to reach us to join the conversation is 215-253-7263. That's 215-253-7263. The listen-only line, if you don't have computer access, access to a smartphone, iPad, or anything of that nature, is 605-562-3140. That's 6 Zero five five six two three one four zero, and that access code is nine five eight five nine zero, and the pound sign again. That access code is nine five eight five nine zero, and pound. We'll be trying something different today with that uh, listen only line. Also, if you want to become a caller, have your voice heard from the listen only line, just hit pound or star six one and uh, we'll be able to answer your call that star six one from the listen only line if you like to be heard we're streaming live at two locations that's www.blacktalkradionetwork.com forward slash time for an awakening again that's www.blacktalkradionetwork.com forward slash time for an awakening also Time for Awakening is on TuneIn. TuneIn is a free app. Uh, you can download it to your iPad, your desktop, your BlackBerry, your tablet, your listening device, your Galaxy, your iPhone, anything you have. Uh, TuneIn is usually a free app. And in the search engine, type in Time for an Awakening, and you can listen to your program live, even in your car. That's Time for Awakening on the TuneIn app in your search engine. Drop us an email at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. That's timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Time for Awakening also has a fan page on Facebook. Just go to the Facebook search engine and type in Time for an Awakening. There you always see interesting content being posted daily by Brother Reg. Before you leave that page, just hit that like button. That's Time for an Awakening radio program with the fan page on Facebook. Time for Awakening Media is also up and running. Go to W in your uh, address bar. Uh, just type in www.timeforanawakening.com. That's www.timeforanawakening.com. Um, see, uh, you'll see content being posted there uh, uh, every day. We, we're trying to uh, get things uh, straight there to have things flowing on a regular basis. Uh, on that page, you'll see a lot of uh, original content and blogs, articles, uh, podcasts of the show will be posted. Black products that we use every day can be purchased from the site and much, much more. So, again, just put that in your likes, in your uh, in your Firefox or your uh, Internet Explorer. That's www.timeforanawakening.com. Tonight... We're in open forum. No guests scheduled 
open forum, just uh, myself, Brother Edge, and the listening audience. Anything on your mind, uh, things you've been thinking about all week, give us a call. We can talk about it. Uh, Brother Edge, I know he always has some things to throw into the pot. Probably have a couple things to throw Elliot. out there. Uh-huh. Website is timeforanawakening.com or www.timeforanawakening.com. Oh, okay. All right. And uh, we'll get right. We'll be right back to get things started after a brief word from our sponsors. Mr. Moderator, our distinguished guests, brothers and sisters, our friends and, and our enemies. <laughs> Everybody is here. You are tuned in to the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts and live program scheduling, visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com. All Insurance Incorporated, an African-American-owned and operated insurance agency and business for over 20 years, located at 231 Southeastern Road in Glenside, PA, with other offices in Germantown and West Philadelphia. Call now for commercial insurance quotes, homeowners insurance quotes, automobile insurance quotes, notary and tax services, representing over 15 major A-rated insurance companies, offering a discount on all notary services when you call in for a free quote. Call this number, 21 21- 215-885-2444. That number is 215-885-2444. 215-885-2444. All Insurance Incorporated. Before your roof becomes unruly, call Dooley. Dooley Brothers, specializing in shingle, rubber roofs, gutters, downspouts, and vinyl sidings. Call for your free estimate today, 215-224-3882. That's 215-224-3882. Dooley Brothers Roofing, the roofing experts you can trust. That number again, 215-224-3882. This service is provided in high definition by free conference call HD.com. This conference is being recorded. Antiquity to the present, our people need to develop a new paradigm. It's time for an awakening. Sundays, 7 p.m., with your hosts, Elliot and Reggie. Welcome back uh, to Time for an Awakening. And uh, before we get started this evening with anything, Brother Reg, any uh, any uh, um, community events, anything of that nature going on? Yeah, i uh, got a couple things. Sister Sean's going to be calling in. To discuss uh, time for the awakening and the one million conscious black voters contributors uh, response to the Flint, uh, Michigan situation with water. Okay. What we're trying to do about it. Also, the African American Freedom and Reconstruction League will be having a meeting on Saturday, January thirtieth, twenty sixteen. Uh, Junius R. Stanton, a friend of the Time for the Awakening program, he will be doing a presentation on current events. The truth behind the lies. Now that 2015 has ended, we have experienced some of the most devastating political and social events of this millennium. But the junior, junior stamp will analyze what occurred, what the future holds in store for us, and will strip away all the hyperbole and hypocrisy that the pundits are spouting. Uh, Brother Stanton is a well-known commentator and the operator of the Harambe radio internet station. Has been forthright with information surrounding the lives and history of the black man from the beginning of time to the present. 
His black perspective on the news is not the usual insipid drivel we hear from too many programs directed at the black community. If we are, are at, if we are to combat, excuse me, the insane messages that we receive and act upon every day, it is essential that we get our minds indoctrinated with the proper propaganda and Brother Junior Stanton is the man to deliver it. When a brother says he tells the truth behind the lies, he's doing just that. Please encourage friends and family to come and hear him speak. Your participation in a question and answer session is welcome. The date of the event is Saturday, January 30th, 2016, time 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. Location is Joseph Coleman Library, 68 West Shelton Avenue between Germantown Avenue and Green Street, Philadelphia, PA, 19144. Once again, that's Saturday, January 30th, 2016, time 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. Location, Joseph Coleman Library, 68 West Shelton Avenue between Germantown Avenue and Green Street, Philadelphia, PA, 19144. Admission is free to the public. For more information, please call 215-474-3577, 215-474-3577. You know, to kind of uh, dovetail on what you're talking about, Brother Ridge, I'm, I'm, uh, I hope that a lot of people go out to see Brother Stanton. He was, he's always been supportive of this radio program. He's been a guest on several times, and uh, whenever we bring the black farmers uh, up or the word need to be spread, uh, Brother Stanton is in the forefront coming in to interview the farmers. Uh, he's he's always been there for us, and uh, the people need to go out and hear him. He's a dynamic journalist, always on the forefront of a lot of issues, and uh, just an all-around good man and friend of the program. So I just want to echo uh, what you're stating about him uh, appearing at the Freedom and Reconstruction League, who's always doing good things in the community. The people need to go out and uh, be a part of uh the things that uh, Brother Stanton is dispensing. A lot of valuable information, good man, and knows what he's talking about, always has his facts straight. Uh, Brother Reg, we ain't open forum tonight. Uh, the storm kind of got all of us uh, thrown for a loop. We've had over 20-plus inches here in the Philadelphia area. At uh, 7.15 uh, Sunday evening, it uh, kind of snowed in, but uh, we're not snowed in on these phones, so we'll... Uh, We'll let the people, it's open for them tonight, and we'll kind of let the people kind of throw, uh, throw some things into the pot tonight. And it's a caller on the line. Let's go to the phones. 215 area code. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Olivia calling from Philadelphia. How are you, Olivia? I'm okay. How are you, too? <laughs> Doing great. Doing great. Doing good, Sister Olivia. Thanks for calling or if it's, in. Or if it's, I don't know how many people there because I actually was on hold, so I didn't. I wasn't listening to the radio, but um, I wanted to bring something to the audience's attention. Mm-hmm. A couple weeks ago, I was listening to the radio, regular celestial radio, and a woman called in and she said that the plumbers union was taking applications for apprentices. And, you know, over the years, black people in Philadelphia have been going back and forth with the whole exclusionary thing with the unions, the building trades. So, what I found out was, um, for me, when I started in the building trades, <clears throat> there was no application fee. There was no charge to take the exam. Fast forward 2016, you have to pay either an application fee or you have to pay to take the test. 
and for the plumbers, it's $60. So stay with me as I, I go back and forth. The other thing is when I took the test, you got a passing grade. So if I scored a 99 on the exam and you scored an 80, I got in the apprenticeship program and you went on the waiting list. Well, nowadays, it's a pass or fail. So I can't use the, well, Reggie only got an 80, I got a 99, how did he get in? But this is where the insane part comes in. Now, when the woman said a couple weeks ago that, you know, oh, you know, she wanted, you know, all these people to go down there and get the application, take the exam. The exam, again, like I said, cost $60. Um, and th this is, you know, I, I, I did the numbers and I spoke to a couple people. So it turned out 681 applicants applied for the Plumber's Apprenticeship Program. So $60 times 681 is $40,800. You know how many people were selected for the Apprenticeship Program? <laughs> uh under five. No, yeah, uh, higher. <laughs> Go ahead, you tell us. I'm going to say 25, okay. 30. Uh, less than that, it was actually 18. Okay. And so the problem I have is when I did the apprenticeship, they had two sessions per year. So it was two classes for a total of four classes per year, which was 120 apprentices. So you only selected 18 people, why would you take 681 applications? Black people are being robbed. You know, I don't know how many of those, how many black people, what the percentage of the applicants were black, but you paying $60 to take an exam, so therefore everything now is subjective. So if you don't get selected because you had that pass or fail, so you pass, they put you on the waiting list. Now next year, they take another 600 applicants, so you're competing with them. And it's a vicious cycle. But that's egregious. How are they going to make $41,000 pretty much off of applications and only taking 18 people? Well... Sister Liv, you're always coming with information. You know, when you're, when you're talking about this, it, my mind just goes back. I do a lot of workers' compensation, general liability audits for a lot of the trade unions. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing a lot of, I'm, I don't know everything, but I, when I go in, I ask questions of how I could get some people in if they wanted to get in to some of the, you know, to the schools and the classes. Right, right. And there's always stuff that you just stated. I told, I went to, a carpentry union where they have classes and they only have a certain time frame that you can exactly. apply to get in the class. Well, yep. uh, well, how do people find out? Well, it's like almost like word of mouth. They have to know the site. They have to come in and they have to pay X amount of dollars. So it's the game. And, and what I, the first thing that comes to my mind is that issue that you know about when there was less than 1% of African-Americans getting any sort of um, money or any sort of jobs in the city of Philadelphia in these trades. All these vehicles, if you look at it, the majority of them have New Jersey license plates, don't live in the city of Philadelphia, and they're all in here. And I remember our sister, she's the only one that had 
the gumption to stand up when she when she took the contract and, 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 and gave it to another, you know, gave it to to to, to someone else when right. all hell broke was uh, uh, Sister Arlene Ackerman. Yep. Before she passed. Yep. You didn't have any black politicians saying anything about what's going on. All these schools where these people are coming in, they're majority black students. They don't see any black faces coming in there to do any construction work. Nope. Less than one percent, and and I don't know. Do you know the percentage of uh, contracts that any GCs get, black black owned companies get, or, or in the city of Philadelphia after all these years? I would, I would say the percentage is anywhere between uh, a half a percent or one percent. It's not that high. If it if it goes to five percent, that's a stretch. Yeah, I've been out there, and it's the same stuff. I, I think what it is, when when there's something that's written in the books that they're supposed to follow, they always try to figure out a way uh, around it by adding something else, you know, to, to make up their money for them to keep going. Another thing, too, that, uh, you know, in the city they don't talk about, it, and I found this out, and I found it ironic, you have a lot of these uh, contracting companies, and I, and I see, and I know this firsthand, that they have their wives. They have, exactly. their, they have their wives as the president. That's right. And daughters. And daughters that are doing administrative yep. work or something like that, so they could get a minority contract and, and get in there, so they could fill the status quo. So it was another. It's just games all around, my sister. And, exactly. You know, or or they'll make them the the president of the company. Oh, this is my wife's company, and the right. wife don't know jack about the business. Exactly. But I'm exactly. a minority contractor. Yep. Woman, woman-owned business. Mm-hmm. You know, Sister Liberty, let me say something. I know you most likely you're very aware of this. If you look back at the turn of the century, mm-hmm. most of the artisans and the, the tradesmen in this country were black. The carpenters, yep. the stone masons, the brick masons. They didn't have that much steel at that time, but that was kind of a burgeoning industry. But most Correct. of your, your uh, tradesmen were black. Mm-hmm. With, with the advent of this industri- so-called industrial revolution in the early 1900s, you had the rise of these trade unions. Now, some of these unions, unions do good things, uh, provide health and welfare for employees and things like that. But one of the, the main functions of those trade unions was to keep blacks out because they were the ones that were the tradesmen. Mm-hmm. So you see now it's the same thing warmed over. Always yep. ways to keep black folks out of these yep. unions. That's what. That's basically what the, these trade unions functions are now. Exactly. And and a lot of these guys. I, I was a, a carpenter at the Navy Yard for 16 years mm-hmm. before they closed. Mm-hmm. It, the carpenters in the in the in the yard is the same as the ones outside. I seen exactly. all of these guys. These older white men that had sons, nephews, or whatever that wanted to get involved in these trades was basically mm-hmm. grandfathered in. They didn't exactly. have to hardly take no apprentice test, or if they did nope. take the apprentice test, their 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 uh, application was pulled and they was eased on in. It's the same way yep. with these trade unions. Yep. Black folks have to take the test. They have to get scores and be judged. These older white guys that got sons, uh, even daughters, nephews, yep. they don't have to yep. go through all that. That's correct, because there was a guy that was in my class. He was in and out of rehab, failed the apprenticeship four times. He graduated out of the program three years after me 
because I saw him on a job and he looked so old, you know, from the drugs. I didn't even recognize him, but he knew who I was. And um, his father, though, while he was in rehab, he's on a job one day and he says, well, you know, I told the business agent, I don't care how many N-words you let in this union. You just make sure my boy gets gets a book. <laughs> yeah, that's not surprising. That's not surprising. And, and it's done each and every day. But another thing, if I could say this real quick, mm-hmm. the ex-felons are being used, too, because the company down in South Philly, where they have a Korean city council person, got a whole bunch of individuals that were formerly incarcerated uh, hired at this plant. And he's trying to get a second bite out of the apple because he's trying to get them another $200 million contract to build trains. What he did was, you know that form that they, um, the, the government, I think it's a W-O-R-T or W-O-R-C form, where they give the company or business owner $6,000 per person for every formerly incarcerated person that you hire. And what they did was they had all the workers had all the workers fill out the form, and then one of the unions, but this was a black union that came in, um, you know, told the workers, oh, you know, you, you need to join the union, blah, blah, blah. Well, I spoke to a couple of them, and I said, you know, explain everything that they needed to ask for because these people had, you know, no experience with the union. When the smoke cleared, the workers got the worst health care plan out there, Keystone Murphy East. They... For two years, their wages was frozen. They was only making $12 an hour on a minimum $22 an hour job. That union only got them $1. And in the end, they was all laid off last year. I mean, we know we're up against with, with a lot of these trade unions, especially in these cities. We know what we're up against. And in, in Philadelphia in particular, you know that's, that's – uh, with uh, all these guys, Doherty, uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Brady, who's yep. uh, more than sure still in control of that Carpenters Union. If he's exactly. not, he got a huge influence. Uh, come on here. These these, these folks, are, they like plant uh, uh, so-called uh, overseers of a plantation. Yes, but that's even more the reason why black people need to get their own. Most definitely. Most definitely. And I'm going to end on that note. Y'all gentlemen, have a great night. Sister Olivia, thank, thank you, you for your call. Thank you, my sister. Thank you. Let's go to 404 Air Code. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, Brother Eddie. How you doing? My name is Wes. Hey, Brother Wes. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm good, man. Uh, let me see. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, what y'all talking about? I'm in the union, man. I'm in the IBW. That's a, okay. Wes, turn your radio, your volume yeah, down. Yeah, I just I just turned it off. I'm in the uh, human eye. Yeah. Is, uh, is yeah, that I'm, iron workers? No, I'm in the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers. Okay. Down here in the dirty south of Georgia, man. And, and see, that's what uh, I didn't get into. The, I've been doing electrical work since the 70s, but I only got into the, uh, the union in nineteen uh, in year 2000, right, when I moved to Atlanta. Okay. Because I worked in Florida. But see, the whole, like you said, the whole Stalin Union was started by somebody by the name of Samuel Gumpers right after slavery, man. It was started, uh, 
like in the uh, eight, uh, late 1800, 1900, by Samuel Gunters, okay? So fast forward to, like, I talked to some older brothers that's within the local, older than what, about my age, whatever, when I got in the 70s, they had caught hell, man, in Georgia. And so, see, what's getting them now, man? See, all, uh, a lot of old rednecks, they retiring now, right? Mm-hmm. And see, this backfiring on them because they, they don't have the membership to pay their doggone retirement, see? So now here in Atlanta, they love the black folks getting the local unions to take care because you, you know how it is. It's like Social Security now. You know how it is. What a young take care of the old, right? So they they, 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 they claim that they love black people coming in the local or not because they help they pay for their retirement, see? And and, and so uh, my sister, is she still on there, that lady, that plumber? Well, I, I was, if she's still in their locals, maybe she should run for office or something and try to get your rules changed, man. You feel me on that? Well, you know, in a lot of uh, areas, especially in these cities, they, they have set up uh, African-American trade unions. Uh, I don't know how effective they are because I'm not a tradesman anymore. I was at one time. and uh, uh-huh. But, uh, I mean, we know we're up against with a lot of these things. Uh you 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 do have uh, some black uh, prime contractors and and a lot of black subs that that work uh, uh, for uh, you know white uh, prime contractors and they need to do all they can to hire other black folks. They use the same criteria these white folks use about uh, uh, you got to be a union member. But some of these uh, white prime contractors are hiring Mexicans and other foreigners that 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 are not in any unions and don't have any legitimate papers behind. So, you know, yeah. we got to do what we can do to employ our people. Yeah, because see, if we that is, see, another problem is uh, a lot of brothers just want to be journeyman wireman. And some of them got the master license. So you got to have that master license where you can be it on work and get that bond. And so I try to encourage all my brothers and sisters too in the local, if they got master license, to come together, man, and start forming businesses. See, because I think mm-hmm. the bond. They got to have like a million dollar bond, man, just to just to be it on work. You know what I mean? And, and that's so, and that's one of the ways too they keep black folks out by these high uh, bonds in order to get a lot of these jobs, a million dollars and all that other stuff. That's barriers to keep black folks out and from bidding on these contracts. And so uh, I heard a couple of brothers had had master license. They did was got together and formed some some corporation. But you know what happened, Elliot? When they start making all that money, you know what happened, man. They was making money, then all of a sudden, you know how money get, man. A few of them say we made enough money, they want to split the corporation up, and they could have kept it going, man. Is that when they people, black people start getting big with that money, man? They 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 just could be going, man. They got greedy, start arguing, bickering once they sales. and uh, oh yeah, I am one of the million uh, black conscious voters and contributors, man. I did something up. Because, see, that right there, it, it's so much we can do with that, man. You know what I'm saying? Once we get, uh, we might not get a million, but whatever numbers we get, we got so many opportunities where we can branch off and uh, uh, start all kind of stuff, man. You know what I mean? Most definitely. Because yeah, Brother that, West, I heard you on the last uh, national conference call, so we welcome you, my brother. Appreciate you. Yes, sir. Also. And I deal, deal what I say, man. I call every radio station. I already been calling all black radio stations anyway. So I throw that in. 
and, and then some people say, oh, the name of the website too long. So I said, just go to what I am one in a meeting and it'll pop up. But then check this out, y'all. I was on another blog talk or uh, radio show talking to some brothers and sisters about I am one in a million black conscious voters and contributors. And this sister called in and guess what she said? Now she said she was on another call or another radio show with some more sisters. And they said, she, cause of this women, what they said, they said because of uh, their past experience with groups and, and so-called conscious people, that the brothers kind of discriminated against them and they felt bad. Uh, what's that, misogynistic, where the man want to run everything? So I kept explaining to her, this group is not like that, man. And so I even tried to tell her about Sister Sean running stuff, and then she going to tell me, because of the name not conscious in it to change the name, man. So I, I just said, man, I'm not gonna argue with you. Apparently, you not you. If you gonna join, you gonna join. If you're not, we rolling with the people we rolling with. And I said, please, whatever baggage you had before, you gotta let that go, man. It's 2016. Yeah, so you I, know, brother, brother West, we we've in the past talked about you know the word conscious, and there's mm-hmm. papers that have been written that's on a website that defines. In no uncertain terms, what we're talking about conscious. What conscious doesn't have anything doing that a, a black man puts his foot on a woman's neck, elbow on top of her head, or any of that foolishness. We're not talking about that type of conscious. We're talking about somebody that is aware of the plight of the black man, woman, and child in this country. They're tired of what they've been seeing. They know that what they're seeing done by this dominant ruling class, so-called dominant, let me put it that way, ruling class in this country is, is unfair to black people and that we need to have somebody that wants to put their shoulder to the wheel to volunteer and do something on behalf of their family, for themselves and their community. Those are the type of conscious people we're talking about. We're not talking about these conscious black people that, that, that rant and rave and say things. They want to multiply women into their harem want to call women all types of uh, 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 names and stuff like that. We need men in this movement, and we need sisters, and we do have qualified sisters that's in this movement, and I don't, and we don't have no problem listening to their, their, their mind frame, what they're doing, because if the sister has the answer, then we go on with the sister, what she's saying. It ain't none. It's none of that in there. And that's, I think that's what happens when you're on all these chat sites and websites and listen to all this foolishness on YouTube and you get too much of a dose of that nonsense. You're not getting another side. We, we got this, we have this thing that we say, you know, you know, we have for too long looked at the dirty glass. Mm-hmm. All we have to do, we don't have to worry about what them brothers and are doing. Tell the sister, look at the clean glass. When's the last That's time? No, no, no. That, but all you can do is tell, and that's it. And then maybe mm-hmm. down the line, she would turn around and come back and look. Well, oh, this is what a clean glass looked like. I ain't never seen a clean glass in my life. And the only way that you're gonna really understand what a clean glass is is you gotta look at it. You gotta start reading some information, changing your mind, your thoughts. Because you, you know what? You have some women out there. I'm not gonna say all women. If they don't have to fight, they don't feel like they ain't nothing. 
You know what I mean? Some of these sisters have been fighting so long against that type of nonsense with men, and they find men that are not about that. They won't know. They won't know what to do with themselves. So maybe that's right. that's something that you might want to put out as an argument next time. All these brothers, there's a lot of brothers out there ain't down with none of that foolishness. We care. We love our sisters. We actually know that we need our women to be part of what we do. And mm -hmm. our women historically have been the backbone and the strength of a lot of things we have done. Without our women, we won't be anywhere without our women. They bear our children. They're our first teachers. I'm a man, come from a woman. I don't come from any uh, mystery person or mystery God in the sky. I come straight through between the matrix of my mother, between I the legs of my mother. You know, so all these guys, a lot of times, is that they have a problem with their mother. And they have a problem. Mm -hmm. They got a problem with women. They got a problem with themselves. How right. you gonna be calling a woman a bitch, this and that and the other, if you got sisters and you got and you got a mother and an aunt or somebody that you care about, and you want to classify all all women are like that? It's just stupid. So I would just tell you, you need to shine a light on a brother like that, and you need to stop listening to their rhetoric. I don't care if they saying five things is good. If that's the way they think about women, then you need to stop listening to them. You got a that's lot right. of people listening to. I talked to a lot of sisters that some of these brothers that you you and I know that they talk good. Some of the stuff is, but the ethics is not good. They got children that they, they got their own children that they don't even take care of. Mm -hmm. And they got a strong problem with women. They don't just say there's a few sisters. They classify sisters as a problem of why we in the situation that we're in. They blame put everything on our women. That's nonsense. You got a lot of these brothers don't want to take responsibility of what they're doing and what they could do better. They don't ever want to put that in the, in, in, in the conversation. I don't even spend my time spend my time too much with brothers like that. And a sister, if she doesn't want to be, if she doesn't want to have a dialogue and a conversation from a brother that's willing to hear what she has to say, but give it the other side, then she she got to she got to go fall by the wayside for a little bit. And hopefully, when she looks at things differently, maybe she might be ready to join on and, and, and do something different. But you can't, we can't, you can't. This is not a movement in LA and I are like this. I ain't forcing nobody, and I'm not begging anybody to do anything against their will. Right. Everything ain't for everybody. Yeah. That's right, because I just put the information out there and keep moving, man. That's what I do, man, on a lot of issues, man. Even with this stuff I know about how they do on mind control on people, so they want us to be split up in argument, man. They don't want two people to come together, especially two black people. But I uh, see, and a lot of black people, if they have a, I, say, I, I try to go out of my way to anything I need to find a black business. And so some people, if they have a bad experience with one black business, then they don't want to mess with none of them. See, you can't do that. That was just one particular time. Let me put something out there to you. And, and this has happened to me several times over my life. At first, I didn't understand what was going on. But now, in hindsight, I, I recognize and I understand what, what it is. You know, a lot of us don't understand the power of the black woman, black, uh, black man, black woman, a black child. Now, mm -hmm. you go to any function, any corporate meeting, could be a party, could be anything, and it's mixed. Say it's 50 50. You just do it that way 50 black people, 50 white people, 25, 25, however you want to put it. You, 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 you could talk, you engage with white people because you have to, but say you have people that are coming from different stratas, from different areas all over the country. And you sit in a table with all your folks and y'all talking 
You don't know each other. Y'all talk and have a good time. Best believe me, some white folk and some white person is going to come over there try to figure out what's going on because they, they can't stand that, that natural thing that you could show your brothers and sisters love. And I don't care whether the one person making five, black person making five dollars, other making a hundred thousand. Just the fact that we sit down together and talk and communicate and they don't know what's going on. Try that experiment and see that. That shows the power that we have right there. We don't even realize it. Our unity, us coming together. We don't always have to agree. Right for all white folks don't agree with the fact that we coming together. If you say that you love your children, if you love your children, then you'll be you'll be concerned about what's going on with this educational system. This educational system is defunct. It's old. It's outdated. It's been yeah, outdated. Right. It doesn't fit the needs of our children. I agree, brother. I agree, man. Because I, I don't. I did that experiment, man. We're working on a job. Me and some brothers working, and uh, you know how we do when you working good. You know we like to kick kick it around, have fun, and laugh and joke. They can't even tell me how to that, man. If we laughing and joking and having a nice time of getting the work done, they can't handle that. They, they, we, they want us to always be hard amongst ourselves, man. And I've seen that, man. When two or three brothers are talking, you're right. They'll try to uh, ease up in the conversation to see what we're doing, man. But it's yeah. too late now, man. We shouldn't come together, man. It's too, it's tired. I'm tired of walking around like a herd of cats, man. Everybody got good ideas. Yeah, the most important thing for us to understand, it's a sad reality, and it's not that we have all the answers and all that, but I'm not, I'm not one of these brothers out here that says, thinks that I have all the answers and this and that. I think we have a lot of solutions, and we have things. I think we could have a lot more answers if we get more people ready to put work in, but we are organized. We have people... That, that 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 have skill sets, history, that put in some work, that we got to respect that. And I think you know that's where yeah everybody's not gonna everybody. Some people you got to look at it. Some people don't want to be saved. You know, mm -hmm. right? For you to change, you got to change your mindset. Mm -hmm. You got to change your actions. It's hard sometimes. Some of your some of your things is going to be hard for you to do, but that's what it takes. Some people they don't they want things better, but they don't really want to do the, the work to make things better. They want it. They want something happen to the place. Almost like somebody seen Elliot. Uh, I'm gonna say this to you, Wes. Almost Elliot put this thing up about uh, the sister that won the lottery, right? Mm -hmm. Now most people are gonna say the sister is ignorant. She's dumb. She's bailing out this brother that's been locked up. He ain't no good. The thing is. It ain't about the million dollars or how much money she has. If she had a hundred dollars, she'll still have the same behavior. How can you expect somebody with the same mind, with a messed up mindset, making seven and a quarter an hour, and then they become a millionaire? That all of a sudden their their mindset of how they deal and operate with money is going to change. It's not. That's why you have so many people go through a whole lot of money because they don't because they're not responsible with a hundred dollars. So how do you expect them to be right. responsible with a billion dollars, one point five, you know, one five, one point five million dollars? You know, it just doesn't mm -hmm. make any sense. So I feel sorry because it's the mindset that you have to change, and I think a lot of our folks don't want to change their mindset. They want to talk. You know, our folks we like to talk, hear ourselves talk, and rhetoric. And hear our own rhetoric, but we don't want to put in that work. And that's that's something that has to change. And especially if you're a man, 
or a woman that has children that you that you, you if you have your own children you deal with children our children are looking at us for an example of how they should mm-hmm. be when they get older and what they should be about you know? right because i can't well, say we dropped the ball i'm 50 58 years old and our generation dropped the ball after king got killed instead of us trying to get the illusion of the conclusion conclusion we should have been trying to uh, start our own businesses, man. So our young folks will have some jobs, man. So we kind of went to sleep with this illusion of inclusion. So it's our fault. So we trying to catch up now, man. And, and, and like you say, a, a, a fool with no money is going to be the same fool with some money. I agree. Well, but but uh, it, it's going to get better, man. What's going on? If these fools, especially Donald Trump, get in there, and uh, whoever gets the next president is going to be kind of rougher than what the Obama was. Huh? So we're going to have to come together and break bread together, or we're going to start separately. Simple as that. Wes, I want to thank you for your call, man. Uh, bless you, man. I love y'all. We're going we to we make this thing out, man. Talk to you again. We're going to take a brief break, and when we come back, we're going to continue the conversation. We're in open form. Time for awakening. We'll be right back. tuned in to the black talk radio network for podcasts and live program scheduling visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com all insurance incorporated an african-american owned and operated insurance agency and business for over 20 years located at 231 southeastern road in glenside pa with other offices in germantown and west philadelphia call now for commercial insurance quotes homeowners insurance quotes automobile insurance quotes notary and tax services representing over 15 major a-rated insurance companies offering a discount on all notary services when you call in for a free quote call this number to That number is 215-885-2444. 215-885-2444. All Insurance Incorporated. Before your roof becomes unruly, call Dooley. Dooley Brothers, specializing in shingle, rubber roofs, gutters, downspouts, and vinyl sidings. Call for your free estimate today, 215-224-3882. That's 215-224-3882. Dooley Brothers Roofing, the roofing experts you can trust. That number again, 215-224-3882. 215-224-3882. Before your roof becomes unruly, call Dooley. What is in one million brothers and sisters who are tired of the same old rhetoric, the same old leaders, the same old ways of dealing with political and economic empowerment? If you realize that nobody's going to save black people but us, if you understand that no existing political party prioritizes the best interests of African Americans as a collective, if you believe 
that leadership is as leadership does, and this means that the best leaders for the black collective must come from the ranks of those who place and hold the best interests of black people foremost and uttermost. If you understand that black people must develop the mindset and the will to finance their own racial uplift organizational efforts, then get involved with one million conscious black voters and contributors. The movement is now. Go to www.iamoneofthemillion.com. That's www.iamoneofthemillion.com.
back to time for an awakening and uh we're in open forum this evening anything on your mind anything on your heart just give us a call we'll talk about it uh so a few things that we want to throw out we kind of got into a few calls early on a few things we want to throw out for conversation before we go back to the phones uh again i want to let you know about uh time for an awakening.com just go to the site You'll see a lot of interesting things being posted and going to be posted on the page. Uh, black products that you use every, that we use every day can be purchased from the site. A lot of blogs and articles, original blogs and original content, articles being written by Brother Ridge, and others will be posted to the site. Uh, check it out. That's time for an awakening.com. And uh, also on the site, you can. Uh, it's, there's a link to www.iamoneofthemillion.com. We just had our uh, callers talk about him joining. It's a link to the site that goes directly to www.iamoneofthemillion.com. Uh, join up, read the planks, and I know that you want to get involved with this movement. Um, let's go. We got a caller on hold. Uh, I know we're supposed to have an update uh, from Sister Sean of. I am one of the million.com that's supposed to join us. This might be Sister Sean. Two Ontario Code, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Hi, this is Sister Sean. <laughs> How are you? Sean. You got, you got I'm the floor doing tonight. wonderful. You got the floor tonight, Sister. Do your thing. Do your thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I have a wonderful, wonderful announcement to make tonight. Uh, good news. Um, and that news is, is that the One Million Conscious Black Voters and Contributors is spearheading a campaign to provide water to our brothers and sisters of Flint, Michigan. And we've been working the past couple of days to work on the logistics where you could purchase the water. The water that we will be providing is not just your run-of-the-mill water, but alkaline water. Uh, which we think is particularly important in this case, in that alkaline water 
have certain antioxidant um, effects and uh, health benefits. And based on what our people are facing down there, they need all of the uh, reversals of disease that, that they could take. So what we decided to throw our uh, arms around is providing them with water with benefits, living water with minerals, vitamins, things that could reverse disease that, you know, quite frankly, we don't even know what those people are facing. They've been drinking this stuff for a couple of years. People have been complaining for a couple of years. It's only just officially uh, got on the map. So in that, we decided that we wanted to help our brothers and sisters. Another sister within our campaign, Sister Monica, has orchestrated a uh, staging area down there in Flint. Uh, once we receive our donations, we have a uh, point place or a strategic place for subsequent distribution. Uh, we have also negotiated the price of the alkaline water to be almost 50% less than what I generally sell it for. We're getting it for $18 a case. And um, that is also that $18 uh, price also includes uh, transportation. So at this point, there's three ways that you can get the water. You can get the water by going to our website, IamOneOfTheMillion.com, and clicking on our products page. There will be a link there. There's a secondary way to get the water is by uh, texting the word water. I've got to get the number. Hmm, I don't have the number. Sorry. Give me a minute on that. You can text the water to, oh, gosh. I got it, Sister Sean. Text the word water to 310-272-5438. Mm -hmm. 310-272-5438. I repeat one more time. Yeah. Text the word water to 310-272-5438. Got it. That is that is absolutely perfect and correct. I have it pulled up now. And another way is that you can go through our partner's website, blacktradelines.com, and click on the store and just scroll down till you see the water icon. We are uh, highly, highly motivated about this campaign. It will also be blasted. Uh, at least our plan is to blast this to all of our members tonight. I've been working with the webmaster all day. Um, we're totally motivated and favored uh, in this endeavor. We're excited um, to wrap our rounds, you know, wrap our hands around, you know, this plight of our people. We definitely understand as conscious people that this was not by accident, uh, that this was intentional to uh, re-pipeline our people to this filthy, filthy water where these people have uh, received the benefits of the Great Lakes, which is, considered one of the uh, phenomenons of the United States, the Great Lakes of Michigan, you know, to have this water and to be living off this water without consequence for many, many years and for some politician to save a dollar, to want to re-pipeline, specifically the people to Flint, where we live, you know, water to our people to a filthy, poisonous pipeline. So we definitely got to step in on this. They've had a number of deaths. Um, they have a number of diseases that have been uh, documented from a medical standpoint. And they have a number of diseases that we won't even see.
for years and years to come. That's why the alkaline water is a very, very, very good alternative to the regular water. And I would just love for everyone to get behind that campaign. Again, go to our website, www.iamoneofthemillion.com, and uh, click on the uh, products page, and you'll see uh, just a big old picture of water there. And uh, or if you on your iPhone and Android, text the word water to 310-272-5438. So that's kind of what I have, and that's my exciting news of the day. But let me tell you, I've been listening. I've been listening for a couple of hours, and I wanted to kind of chime in on a few things. One of the conversations that uh, had transpired was a sister talking about the unions and the schools and the contracts and the things uh, and the shenanigans, basically, yeah, sister, with sister the unions. Olivia. Yes. I, I wanted to chime in on that because uh, I, I always try to take the opportunity. I'm right here in Washington, D.C., um, born and uh, I wouldn't say raised, but half raised. I was actually raised in California, but all my family is here. But I was raised here from my high school years. And one thing that I always would like to point out, um, and this is connected to being part of one of the million, one of the million conscious black voters, how important politics is and local politics is. And let me give you my own personal example. In our local politics, everybody knows our our mayor, Mayor Mayor Marion Barry, the one that everybody talks about and laughs about and tries to make a buffoonery out of. Let me tell you what Marion Barry did for this city and for me. And this will stop you from laughing and get you serious about being part of the one of million talks black voters and getting serious about voting. They were talking about the percentages of contracts. And what do you think? There was a question out there. What is the percentage? And the answer came back from the sister, probably less than half percent or one percent. Let me tell you what this brother did here in Washington, D.C. He guaranteed and he mandated that all contracts within the city, that 35 percent was mandated, mandated to go to minority contracts. These white folks didn't have a choice. You hear me? And we sitting up here fighting over 1%. This is what this man did. Now, that's just business contract. Let me tell you what he did with new construction. With new construction, everybody's looking at all these big condos coming up, and they're like, oh, these big swanky condos, and ain't no black folks in it. Let me tell you what he did. Every piece of new construction that was erected in the District of Columbia, Columbia 20% he had mandated to low-income housing, or you couldn't bid. He would not give you the authority to do that. The third thing he did, every summer, this is how I got my way when I was 15 years old. Every summer, he mandated that every child and teenager that was of working age in the District of Columbia was guaranteed a job through his summer jobs program. And let me tell you this, he did not send you through that summer jobs program to McDonald's. He negotiated with the district government and the federal government for all of those students that came through in through the summer summer to sign up for those programs. They got into jobs, office jobs, 
not just low-skilled jobs, but high-skilled jobs. So now once you got there, it was up to you. You can make it or break it. Either you can make something out of it, or you can lose it or be on some other kind of situation in your life. But that's how I got to where I was. I took that job at 17 years old and been there for 27 years. Got my status, got everything I needed, had the opportunity to work my way up through the ranks, and I'm still there. It ain't going nowhere because now they're all looking to take my spot because all of those that are coming behind me, they do not look like me. And that's one reason why I hold my ground. So I'm telling you this personal story to tell people that the one million conscious black voters and contributors is serious and we are committed. And this is a prime example why if you don't take your voting seriously and if we don't start voting as a block to get the people that are in these positions, especially local positions, to do for us, these are the ramifications. I already see it. We've done went from 35% guaranteed contracts to minorities. All the way down, we can't even say that we have one. This is serious business, and we have to really understand this. We have to understand how serious this is. Hey, Sister Sean, can you let the listener audience know, because I know this always comes up, that, that the voting piece is just one mechanism and one strategy of an overall multi-pronged effort in this movement. Yes, it is. Voting is one piece. Okay, see, so, you know, for me, the, the movement, the movement is two-pronged. It's a political push and it's an economic push. Okay? So you have to work this game on both sides. First of all, you have to be able to put the people in office that will do well by you, and, and you just can't ask them to do well. You can't – nobody's going to just wake up in the morning and say, I'm going to take care of black folks. We already know that you have to go and you have to tell them what you want. The first thing that you have to get over is the fact that, you know, we're hoping and praying for something. No, that's not going to work. That's why the organization is coming with a clear list of demands. And that's what our place is all about. And that covers a number of things. That covers, uh, covers police brutality by supporting Gerald Sanders and her Eurelia registration. It covers uh, reparations. It covers uh, collective economic empowerment. It covers re- the restorations of, uh, of felonies to vote, uh, which is very, very important near and dear to my heart. Uh, it covers a lot of things that benefits us. That's number one. The secondary thing that we need to do is understand how we have to really start getting in tune with one another in terms of this economics. The only reason why we have citywide gentrification, first of all, is because half of the people who are losing property are elderly and black people because they can't hang on for one reason reason or another, a family problem or or just not knowing the difference, not understanding financing. So they're being taken over like vultures, taking over every piece of property we have or anything of value. Additionally, we have a very deep psychological problem where we want to make everybody rich but ourselves. We have got to 
start reversing the, reversing the thinking to say, if you want to empower yourself, you must trust and be amongst yourself and put your dollar within yourself. In the classic example that we say over and over, and this is just fundamental, if everybody could just put it in their imagination, all I tell people is just go to Greek town in Baltimore, go to little Italy, Italy in Baltimore, go to Chinatown, wherever you are. It doesn't even have to be in Washington, D.C. And you go there and you try to sell something and see how many of those merchants will sell to you. In fact, if you get probably one of them to sell to you, I'll personally give you $500. They're not going to do that because they're, they're economically disciplined to know that they're not taking their dollars out of our circle, their circle. But for us, it's almost the reverse. We are looking for appreciation. We are looking for acceptance to all other cultures but ourselves, the Arabs, the Koreans, the Italians, the Greeks. you got every other town in the world but a black town. Something is wrong with that picture. And if we don't understand that psychologically, then we have issues. This is and the show I got. if you can't, go ahead. No, I got to follow. No, go, go ahead. When you're done with your point, I got a follow-up question for you. No, go ahead and, and follow the, up. Yeah, the, the, the question I have for you, uh, you're a woman, you're in this movement, and I just want your, I want your honest thoughts and perspective on the role of black women and dealing with black men in, in movements for our freedom and also just being able to work together in all types of, you know, arenas, whether it's relationships, whether it's just uh, business, whether it's uh, a politics, whatever the case may be, what, what's your thoughts about black women's roles in the past, currently, and in the future? Uh, well, black, uh, a black woman's role is, is, is always relevant uh, currently and in the future. Historically, from what you know, I know, what I've studied, um, in, in our own indigenous culture, which, you know, we lose sight of because we haven't been taught, is, is, is that we, you know, we work together as a team. We work as a community. As a, you know, we're a communal people, fundamental. And when, you're, when you talk about a, a communal people, a communal people, if you just imagine a village, you know, we work with one another. Everybody has their role, and no role supersedes another. There's no role that is uh, a supreme over another. Um, it is it is valued. It is it is valued. You can't the man cannot discount the value of the woman in a village community because you know while he's out being the hunter gatherer. There is somebody taking care of the children, the society, the cleanliness, all of the things and the teaching, all of the important things that are related to culture. So for, for me, there is a, the right or correct type of mindset is to understand that we are in team, we are a team and we value one another and we should accept uh, one another's uh, contributions. 
so, um, you know, that's my take on it. But, you know, I had some, uh, you know, other kind of thoughts on that because I heard another, you know, caller about some little situation. And, you know, here's what, you know, Sister Hunt Sean has to say. Let me just tell you this, too. And this is just true. You know, I'm a student of Dr. Francis Presswell, and I'm not a student just saying that I'm a student. You know, I'm right here in Washington, D.C., and she did her lectures once a month for the past 30 years at Howard University Blackburn Center. And I attended her lectures in my 20s periodically, and you go through life and get married, have kids, get busy, get a job. But she had that out there to us if you wanted it for the taking. And one thing that I'd like to admire, uh, remind everyone is some of the items of her black code of conduct. And one of the things uh, that she said that we must develop in our mindset and to adopt, okay, in order to be able to uh, withstand all the challenges of supremacy, okay, or white establishment. That's what I say, because, no, they are not supreme. I don't believe that they're supreme. But we are dealing with a white establishment, and that white establishment has established X amount of things that are affecting us. And one of the things that I would just remind anyone is her black code of conduct, which has included stop gossiping with one another, stop bickering with one another, stop throwing trash down where black people, where black people live, and stop sabotaging one another. So if you take some of those basic principles, that's only like four. She had like ten. I can't call them all off. But one of the biggest things that she stressed in her honor is that we must change our code of conduct. In addition to that, there's also a growing conversation about what should we do, how should we move forward as people. We got people selling us out left and right, up and down, north and south. Should we start calling them out? That's the question. Or should we not? I say we should start calling them out. Because if you're going to come to this table and if you're going to call yourself conscious, if you want to be a part of this plan, we need to know who you are. And if you have an issue, you need to resolve your issue in a discipline-type manner, and you need to be withholding yourself and beholden to the code of conduct, the black code of conduct. And if you're not dealing with the black code of conduct, then you shouldn't even be in the, this movement at all because you're not disciplined. And I'm not dealing with anybody and nobody else should if you follow the teachings of Dr. Francis Quest Wilson, of which I do. And I feel as if I have a right to say that because not only was I her student, but I was at her bedside at her death. And nobody's going to take me from that. And nobody's going to take this movement. And the women in this movement... The women in the one million conscious black voters are committed women and their sisters who are working boots on the ground to make things happen, such as organizers campaigning with Flint. And we are not about feelings and emotions. We are about discipline. We are about the code of conduct that Dr. Francis West Wilson taught us. And that's what we're working on. And that's what we're going to move forward on and nothing else. And if anybody has any questions, they can call me at 202-277-1873, 202-277-1873.
or they can email me at twosmart at verizon.net. I have no problem asking any questions or clarifying anything about the women in this movement. Thank you. Uh, Sister Sean, I want to thank you for that alert this evening and to let us know what's going on with uh, One Million Conscious Black Voters and Contributors, to let uh, the folks know out there that uh, it's not just a movement, but it's action behind everything that is done. I want to thank you for what you're doing, your work, and we'll be in touch with you soon. Thank you. Good night. Peace. we got a caller on the line. Before we go to our caller, are we in open forum again? Give us a call, 215-253-7263. That's 215-253-7263. The listen-only line, 605-562-3140. That's 605-562-3140. That access code is 95 Eight five nine zero and the pound sign. We might try something new this evening and take a call or two from the conference line. Just dial star six one if you want to be involved in the conversation. That's star six one for folks on the conference line. Uh, before we go to our next caller and break for commercial, let me read from a published report on NPR in reference to uh, torture victims. Uh, in Chicago, and I'm not talking about Gitmo, uh, and I'm not talking about the Guantanamo Bay. I'm talking about here in the United States, in Chicago, where they had an abandoned plant where they were using to torture our men, women, and possibly children for years in Chicago. Let me read from this published report on NPR before we take a brief break and go to our caller. Decades later, victims of Chicago torture paid decades after the the uh hold on one second decades after they were tortured by chicago police 57 uh people have now received money totaling 5.5 million from the city of chicago sean kennedy a member of of station wbez in chicago tells our newscast unit that the city hopes the settlement can help men relations between police and the community, especially in uh, the light of several recent high-profile shootings of young black men, uh, Sean reports. The money was paid uh, to 57 victims of police unit commander by the name of Officer John Burge. He led the Area 2 detectives from 1970 through the early 90s. Over decades, allegations surfaced that Burge and other officers under his command had shocked, suffocated, beaten, uh, and coerced false confessions from uh, black people under his, uh, 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 that was held by him and other officers. Chicago embattled Mayor Rahm Emanuel supported the package in April and shortly after it was approved by city council. In three years, we settled up legally, money and a verbal apology uh, that hasn't been done in three decades, Emanuel told the newspaper. It does indicate that I am willing to accommodate and willing to be held responsible for the city and have the determination and desire and diligence to get it done. Emanuel has come under pressure 
since November's release of the police dash cam video showing an officer shooting a young black teenager, Laquan McDonald, 16 times. Protesters have since demanded the mayor's resignation. Thousands of emails released last week showed close communication between Emanuel's office and police and organizations that investigated the police in the aftermath of the deadly force shooting incidents and the Chicago police force is currently facing a Justice Department civil rights investigation. The claims uh, processed by Burge victims took months, Associated Press says, adding that the $5.5 million adds to more than $100 million that has been paid in court-ordered judgments, settlements of lawsuits, and legal fees. Most of it spent by the financial-strapped city of Chicago and some by Cook County over the years related to the torture scandal. So we see here that uh, Chicago has been paying out money uh, to some of our people that have been tortured by authorities, and they point the finger at this guy, Burge, or John Burge, who was over the department's unit for over 20, over 20 years. Well, let me read to you what happened with this guy, Burge. Uh, from the same published report, this was a published report from the Huffington Post. Ex-commander who oversaw the torture of more than 100 black men in Chicago's police custody walked out of federal prison Thursday, uh, October the 2nd, after serving just three and a half years of his sentence. John Burge left a minimum security prison in North Carolina to report to a halfway house in Florida until his sentence officially runs out February of 2015, the Chicago Tribute reports. After 66-year-old Burge was convicted in 2011 of perjury and obstruction of justice for lying about police torture, several members of the Chicago City Council called for a, a package fund of $20 million, roughly the amount of Burge and his midnight crew of detectives have cost the city taxpayers over the years and legal defenses that the alderman renewed those calls on Thursday, saying it's time that the city uh, make amends. Anthony Holmes, one of the victims of Burge's personal torture, with methods including electric shock to his testicles, into giving a confession to a murder that he did not commit. Holmes is now pushing 70, spent 30 years behind bars as a result of what was done to him, and the compensation of the state... Uh, doesn't amount to much according to him at least he's got a pension says home of burge according to uh, a d'onofrio report in chicago he came out there with nothing illinois attorney general lisa magdian tried to stop burge uh, from receiving his four thousand dollar a month police pension but couldn't overrule a police pension board vote so Burge receives his pension. So we, we, we see what's going on. We see what we're up against. Chicago, it was just revealed that it went on in Chicago. These things have been going on a number of years in a number of cities. Chicago is just one of them that the cover was pulled off when that uh, uh, torture chamber in that factory was exposed. Before we go to break, let's take a call. 215 area code. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, hi, Brother Elliot. How you doing, my brother? How are you, sir? Hi, hey, Brother Vance. How you doing, good brother? Doing good. 
That's good. Yeah, it gives me a, a great honor to follow Sister Sean, you know. And Brother Alec, just before I get really deep into my conversation, if you if you want to go to your break, Alec, you can go ahead and carry me over because I got so much to say tonight, Brother Alec. But I'll start real quick until you're ready to go to break. No, well, we'll, we'll, well, let's do that. We'll we'll uh, we'll go to a brief break, and when we okay. come back, we'll continue the conversation. Okay, no problem. Open forum tonight. Time for awakening. Two one five. 253 That's 215-253-7263 to join the conversation. We'll be right back. tuned in to the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts and live program scheduling, visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com. All Insurance Incorporated, an African-American-owned and operated insurance agency and business for over 20 years, located at 231 Southeastern Road in Glenside, PA, with other offices in Germantown and West Philadelphia. Call now for commercial insurance quotes, homeowners insurance quotes, automobile insurance quotes, notary and tax services, representing over 15 major A-rated insurance companies, offering a discount on all notary services when you call in for a free quote. Call this number, 21 21- 215-885-2444. That number is 215-885-2444. 215-885-2444. All Insurance Incorporated. Before your roof becomes unruly, call Dooley. Dooley Brothers, specializing in shingle, rubber roofs, gutters, downspouts, and vinyl sidings. Call for your free estimate today, 215-224-3882. That's 215-224-3882. Dooley Brothers Roofing, the roofing experts you can trust. That number again, 215-224-3882. 215-224-3882. Before your roof becomes unruly, call Dooley. What is in one million brothers and sisters who are tired of the same old rhetoric, the same old leaders, the same old ways of dealing with political and economic empowerment? If you realize that nobody's going to save black people but us, if you understand that no existing political party prioritizes the best interests of African Americans as a collective, if you believe that leadership is as leadership does, and this means that the best leaders for the black collective must come from the ranks of those who place and hold the best interests of black people foremost and uttermost, if you understand that black people must develop the mindset and the will to finance their own racial uplift organizational efforts, then get involved with one million conscious black voters and contributors. The movement is now. Go to www.iamoneofthemillion.com. That's www.iamoneofthemillion.com. The the controlled press, the white press, inflames the white public against Negroes. The police are able to use it 
to paint the Negro community as a criminal element. The police are able to use the press to make the white public think that 90% or 99% of the Negroes in the Negro community are criminals. And once the white public is convinced that most of the Negro community is a criminal element, then this automatically paves the way for the police to move into the Negro community, exercising Gestapo tactics, stopping any black man who is in the, on, on the sidewalk, whether he is guilty or whether he is innocent, whether he is well-dressed or whether he is poorly dressed, whether he is educated or whether he is dumb, whether he's a Christian or whether he's a Muslim, as long as he is black and a member of the Negro community, the white public thinks that the white policeman is justified in going in there and trampling on that man's civil rights and on that man's human rights. Once the police have convinced the white public that the so-called Negro community is a criminal element, they can go in and question, brutalize, murder unarmed innocent Negroes and the white public is gullible enough to back them up. This makes the Negro community a police state. This makes the Negro neighborhood a police state. It's the, it's the most heavily patrolled. It has more police in it than any other neighborhood, yet it has more crime in it than any other neighborhood. How can you have more cops and more crime? Why? It shows you that the cops must be in cahoots with the criminals. the same way. They put their club upside your head and then turn around and accuse you of attacking them. Every case of police brutality against a Negro follows the same pattern. They attack you, bust you all upside your mouth, and then take you to court and charge you with assault. What kind of democracy is that? What kind of uh, freedom is that? What kind of social or political system is it when a black man has no voice in court, has no nothing on his side other than what the white man chooses to give him? My brothers and sisters, we have to put a stop to this. And it will never be stopped until we stop it ourselves. They attack the victim. And then the criminal who attacked the victim accuses the victim of attacking him. This is American justice. This is American democracy. And those of you who are familiar with it know that in America, democracy is hypocrisy. Now, if I'm wrong, put me in jail. But if you can't prove that a democracy is not hypocrisy, then don't put your hands on me. Welcome back to Time for an Awakening, and we're in open forum this evening. Give us a call, anything on your mind, things you've been thinking about all week, any news stories. Share it with our listening audience, 215-253-7263. That's 215-253-7263. The listen-only line, 605-562-3104. That's 605-562-3104, and that access code is 95 Eight five nine zero, in the pound sign. Uh, let's go back to our phones. Two one five caller Joe from 
West Oak, uh, from uh, Germantown. Joe? Yeah, Brother Elliot, you sure Malcolm, you sure Brother Malcolm, Brother Al Hayes, Malik Al Shabbat, you sure he didn't make that speech uh, just last week? <laughs> it, it seems like it, don't it? I mean, it's just amazing how, how you think, as the old saying with Brother Elliot and Brother Ray, just when you think things change, you realize how much they remain the same. I mean, just the same tactics with these cops killing out, doing all that crazy stuff, brutalizing our, our black men and women, and like 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 Brother Malcolm said, they'll they'll sit there and, and beat a brother half to death, and the, and the devil had an audacity to sit there and say that you assaulted him. I mean, done beat your brains out with his nightstick. He's going to say you assaulted him. You ain't laid a hand on that devil, but he's going to sit there and say you assaulted him. If that ain't, boy, if that ain't some gall, brother, I don't know what gall is. And, 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 you know, Brother Elliot, and I thank you and Reggie for the time, and Brother Ralph for the time, because, see, when I listened to Sister Sean and what she was saying, and then, you, and then that little clip you played, that little thing you said at the end about that devil up in Chicago, Burgess and stuff, now here this devil going to still get his pension. After doing all that rotten stuff to our people, that no good bastard gonna still get his four thousand month pension. It, it's see again, it just go to show you, brother Elliot, what, how white supremacy. It's like we see we as black people sometimes I don't think we understand the parameters and the dynamics of white supremacy. That means a white devil, a white man can do whatever he want to do, criminally or whatever or immoral and still prosper. Not only did, did, did this devil get his pension up in Illinois, but right here in Pennsylvania, Jerry Sandusky just recently, the judge voted for that devil to get his four thousand a month pension. Hit his cracker, raped, sodomized young black boys, mainly black boys, and he gonna still get a four thousand a month pension. We can come at it who's taxes dollars, brother Elliot, you me, yours and brother Reggie's. We gonna pay that devil's pension for the rest of his miserable life. He gonna get a four thousand or so pension. And yet you get the average black man or woman on a job. And even not even with just black people, brother Elliot, just how says how, how how white people don't how they be duped and stuff. You, you got you you gotta even poor white folks on jobs a lot of times, especially on a job that's not union they get in any kind of dispute, and because Pennsylvania is an at-will state, and they're not unionized, they're at the mercy of the employer. So if the employer don't like them because they are Catholic or Muslim or don't like them because they might be a loudmouth type person, whatever way they don't like them, they can fire them, and and, 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 and they got to be able to prove that they were fired because it was a racism or sexism. I mean, it could be those reasons, but you got to be able to prove that. And if, and, and, and if you not have a union behind you, they can fire you, and, and, and you be right off the front door with no recall, no voice, no nothing. But yet, and yet you could be fired for a, 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 a racist or, or a immoral reason and can had no, no leg to stand on, but here this devil can rape boys and stuff like that, do all that rotten stuff like the devil in Chicago and still get a 4000 a month pension. I mean, brother, that's going to tell you this country is screwed up, brother Elliot. Nothing will. Well, you Nothing know, Emmanuel uh, uh, tried to wash his hands of the situation, but uh, listen, this guy was doing this for over 20 years, and, and this guy, Burge, is just a scapegoat. It's the whole system. Sure, sure. The, 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 I mean, he's he's just the one they pointed at and gave him a little three year, three and a half years in a little country club, mm-hmm. a minimum security prison, and That's then right. gave him his pension. Now, it would seem to me, I'm not involved in Chicago po- politics. I'm not a politician at all, but it seemed to me if he was paid out of city funds a pension, that the mayor or the council could have overrode any police union. How can they dictate how uh, uh, city taxpayers' money is spent? given to this guy this this torture mm-hmm. well and you know he, he, he tortured men the, the one gentleman they talked to he spent over 30 years in jail that's correct Electric I, I'm shock. With and the answer, and the answer mm-hmm. to that question is easy 
because the FOP helped get that mayor elected. That yeah, position. you're right. And half mm-hmm. of that council, if not all of the council. Yeah. Yeah, see, it's, 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 it's the, see, the FOPs across the country in the stuff you see. Only the why they haven't came out forthrightly and supported the devil down in South Carolina, even though, he, but even though they did help out behind the scenes, but that's why he's out on Belder who shot the brother in the back down in Walter Scott. Because see, it see, it got up see it had to be blatant and stuff. See, see it was so blatant they couldn't sit there and say that the brother drew a gun. They couldn't come with that bull that BS that I was coming. But you didn't see all of this tape. The clips clips show you clearly that the devil shot the brother in the back. Then he had the audacity to the plant us to put a, 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 a something down there to say that the brother, you know, trying to frame the brother. So that was clearly cool. So they, even them devils can lie about that. So what they gonna do, brother Ellie, and mark my words, brother Ellie and Reggie. See they know they can't come with that angle, so what they gonna do now is, is leading up to this devil's trial. They're going to try to they're going to try to demean Walter Scott's character. Now, here's a brother, so they always talk about thank you for your service, right? Here was a brother that was a Coast Guard veteran, right? Served this served so-called country honorably, had an honorable discharge and stuff like that. And, and I know why he evaded the officer because he had fell behind, I think, on his child support. And he didn't want to go to jail. And that's why he, he ran from the office or whatever like that. But they're going to do all they can to try to demean him and stuff to say, well, he wasn't this, he wasn't that. They try to, you know, justify getting that devil to get – sure they get an all-white jury down in South Carolina so they could get a, a white sympathetic jury to let the devil get get, get acquitted. So this, is how they, this is the kind of slimy, slick stuff that these devils play. And that's why I was so glad that you had Sister Sean on because I swear, Brother Elliot, I don't know I wouldn't know Sister Sean if she walked past me in the street tonight. But that's Sister my kindred spirit because I'm going to tell you, man, and not only because she's a member like I am and like you are, one million conscious black voters and contributors, that's just echo. And everything I've been saying for you about these black politicians, how they sell us out and stuff, and that's what Sister Empress was saying on her show last day. Sister Filet, she had the brother Dr. Randy Short on. He was saying the same thing, too. So we have to face this reality. Like you said, we need to start calling these Negroes out because as long as we on a federal, state, and city level, local level, keep putting these sorry black politicians in, whether they're men or women and stuff, but because they're black, if they ain't for our people, they got, we got to get, them, get rid of them, because as long as we keep putting them in, we're going to keep getting what we're getting and stuff. Like, like the brother Randy Short said last night, he said, you done had Michael Brown, Eric Gardner, Trayvon Martin. I mean, the list goes, Shags of Bland. The list goes on and on. You hardly had a damn peep out of that Congressional Black Caucus in Washington. Now, them Negroes are supposed to be up there representing the interests of black people, but yet black men and women being brutalized, being, being brutalized and murdered by these cops and stuff. They don't open up their damn mouth and stuff, but they can sit, but they can sit up there and, uh, and have these little parties and, and, and freak shows and all that stuff up there, partying hardy and everything like that. They can sit up there and authorize the militarization of police departments, which they know going to be used against their people. This is why the Negroes fought so hard, Brother Elliot, to get rid of Cynthia McKinney and Brother Earl Hilliard, because these, this system, Brother, was strong. The only, the only one that, that, that's worth anything, in my opinion, that got any backbone that I know of, if I'm wrong, I stand to be corrected, in that Congressional Black Caucus today, as we speak of the brother from Texas, the congressman, Brother uh, Green, I can't think of you know, I know he's a black Democrat congressman from Texas. He, he got some, he got a little backbone, and the other brother, Keith Ellison, and the other, and it's another one more brother. It's about them, probably the only three that got some, and they're not strong as they need to be either, but they do got some backbone, because Maxine Waters, I, I have a lot of respect for her, but Maxine, I think, like I said, they done pretty much 
uh, put Maxine in the case. You ever notice since her and her husband got involved in that so-called banking thing, they pretty yeah. much kept her pretty quiet, and they pretty much got her in a box now. She used to hey, be a warrior sister. Go, go ahead, brother Greg. I'm listening. Yeah, before we transition, we have a couple callers. Since okay. You, since, since you, I'm gonna put you out there on blast real quick. Go ahead. Since you, since you mentioned uh, Texas, mm-hmm. don't think I ain't see you on television talking about talking about the Eagles. Coaching decision, and you yeah. are a well-known Dallas Cowboys fan, but yeah. I ain't say nothing. Yeah, well, that's all right because that's exactly the best honorable life. I'm out that sport and play. I was, I was down there. I was down at the game with a friend of mine. We went to the, we went to the Sixers game the other day, and and, they, and, a, and a white wolf from Channel Ten, you know, wanted to interview me, and I told him I was a Cowboys fan, and he asked me my opinion <laughs> the Eagles, and I gave it to him. But that's here today. That's this sport and play. I mean, whether the Eagles no, no, or no, Dallas. No, I'm just playing with you. Guys. I know you are. I know you are, because you know that's such a talking about talking about Philly four. Right, exactly. I, I, I'm glad you saw me because a couple of my family and friends they saw me on TV that night too. You know, I didn't get. Matter of fact, brother, I didn't give it too much thought. As a matter of fact, man, but, but thanks for bringing it up, though. But, no but, problem, but, 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 but on a more serious note, like I said, uh, these people, like I said, they, this, this black caucus ain't ain't worth nothing. Well, and, and here in Pennsylvania, this black caucus here in Harrisburg, they ain't worth a crap. And these local black majorities, local black politicians here in this city, ain't worth a damn. They sit back here with this gentrification. Let these rich white developers move black people out of their homes, out of their neighborhoods, like 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 Dow Clark and them sorry niggas, and they go right along with it because they get in their pockets grease. I mean, these niggas are all, disgraced. All of them, all of them getting locked up or getting resigning from positions for pennies, small for pay, amount so, of dollars. Exactly, so for pay, white, white boys, they go, they go to jail for still a million. These dumb niggas still, still, still a bracelet, a hundred dollars, a donate. Yeah, I mean, stupid, stupid stuff, man. He's been on the radio and asking for God for forgiveness. You tell him, I, I know. And you up there, the main one, doing shady stuff. It's a I shame. mean, it's just like, they just don't show you. It's local politicians. These are local politicians in Philadelphia. You got to look at it like it's a, it's a joke. It's the caught up in some nonsense. Mm-hmm. His son is representing himself pro se. Just like it's an embarrassment to they the are. history of black politicians. I'm talking about true black politicians. Hey, hey, hey. They think that they could do exactly what these white politicians That's do. That's right. Because their ego is so big. That's right. They think they understand the system and they ain't going to get their hands smacked. You know, it's crazy. Hey, hey. And, no, you, and I like, close the distance, so I was going to get close these last couple of comments. That's why I said Sister Sean is my, she's still listening. She's my kindred spirit because, like she said, when she talked about Marion Barry, and I know everything that Sister said about Marion Barry was true because my Aunt Frances, God bless her soul, she and her and Marion Barry was good friends and stuff because my Frances used to be a committee woman up there in D.C., and her and Marion was good friends. And everything that Sister Marion Barry was a warrior. See, see, see Marion Barry is, 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 is the D.C. with Dave Richardson and, and, and was here in Philadelphia, Adam Clayton Powell in New York. Strong black people that was unapologetically black. They didn't apologize for black. They had no problem standing up and looking out for their people. You, you, you don't have that now. This is why people in a condition we're not going to keep voting these spineless, gutless, white folks, white supremacy loving Negroes in office. We wonder why our conditions don't change. And we had a bunch of, and we had Marion Barry's here in Philadelphia right now, Brother Elliot and Brother Ray. Well, our people wouldn't be going through the hell we're going through now. We got these spineless Negroes that already do is sell our people out. Look up, and I close with this. Look up in Detroit. You had, you got, like the sister Sean said, you got 
uh, 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 in Baltimore, you got black, you got a Greek town, you got a little Italy, you got all these little ethnic uh, enclaves and stuff. But what happens in Detroit? Who comes out and says Detroit shouldn't have a black town? The Negroes. That the Dr. Claude Anderson them try to start in vain to get black town established, African town established in Detroit. Who comes out? The black Negro handkerchief head politicians. See, these Negroes are distraught. They, they can constantly sell our people out, and they do it in front of our face and stuff. They don't do it behind our back. They do it right here, and we see, and we keep putting these sorry bastards back in office over and over again, and we wonder why our conditions don't change and stuff. I mean, it's a disgrace that you got Negroes that will sit up there and tell you that having a, a, a African town or a black town is racist, but it's okay for Jews and Italians and Greeks and everybody else to have one, but black people can't have one, and we keep supporting these sorry scumbags. I mean, I mean, we got to wake up and get some backbone. And see, and, I, and, and my last well, like you say, this election coming up with uh. With, with, with the presidential thing, already the Negroes lo- lining up behind Hillary. They not they not they're gonna be doing the same dumps they did with Obama. They not gonna des- they not gonna demand nothing out of Hillary Clinton. Are they gonna want to be say we happy Negroes supporting Miss Clinton? They are not gonna put no pressure on her. If we if we if we, if we if from Black Lives Matter and one conscious Black voters, if if the grassroots people come on us now, brother Ellen Reggie, if we don't put the pressure on Hillary Clinton or Bernie or whoever get a nominee, nothing gonna get done because all them Negroes is gonna be happy because they get their little crowns off of Hillary Clinton's table and they can they can they can get their little crowns from the for their own little churches and their own little minions and stuff like that's already happened about they don't give a damn about the masses of black people. They can they will come up with the same stuff about they did about well, well, you know, let me grab these calls, yeah. You can't you can't expect Hillary Clinton to be the president just for black people. You gonna hear that same BS that you hear with Obama. So if we don't put the pressure on it, nothing gonna get done. Okay, brother Elliot. Thank you, and sir. And I thank you for your time, man. I know I've been mean, went on for a while, but thanks for the time, Elliot. Peace. Let's go to seven eight five area code. What's your name? Where you calling from? Uh, yeah, this is Renee. Um, Renee, turn your so volume you down me? a little bit. Turn your. I think your volume might be up. Good. Go ahead, Renee. Okay, can you hear me better? Yes. Okay. Renee, where are you um, calling from? I'm calling from Kansas. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm, I, I want to comment about some of these black sh- um, uh, talk show hosts that claim to be pro-black but don't want to call out other black people uh, for, quote-unquote, uh, cooning or shucking and jiving or whatever, and they get angry and they say that even if those black people were eradicated, uh, the system of quote-unquote white supremacy would still be a problem for us. Uh, I don't believe that. I believe that we could overthrow that if we all came together and we got rid of those quote-unquote handkerchief-headed, you know, you know, Negro sambos or whatever you want to call them. Well, Renee, Renee, give us give us some examples of what you're talking about. Although I kind of know what you're talking about, but come on, bring it up, bring it home for me. Okay, well, I I, I don't want to say the person's name on the air, but it's, it's no, hold on, hold on, hold on, Sister Renee, you just started <laughs> off, you're working hard. Now you say you don't want to bring the name. Go ahead, my sister. I'm just playing with you. Go ahead. Okay, it's it's it's, it's a popular show on Black Talk Radio, and the host. Don't don't want to talk don't want to talk bad about Obama or no other black person, and any any black person that calls in and criticizes another black person, he gets mad. He said we're just supposed to stay focused directly on the white folks. We're not we're just supposed to ignore 
whatever black person is doing to sabotage our efforts, we're supposed to ignore them and stay directly on the white folks. And because it's, it's the white folks that's causing all the problems, which I understand that they started in everything. But I don't agree with this person, so I don't call on that show. I don't call that show no more because, you know, he got too many rules and regulations and all this kind of mess. But Well, you know what, Renee, <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me throw something in here. Because um, we've talked about this a lot. We don't have that many terrestrial black talk shows left, especially that are syndicated. So if you're talking about a popular uh, black show, you're either talking about Shopton or Joe Madison. Both of them has been mouthpieces for the administration and mouthpieces for the Democratic Party. Uh, one of them have been known collaborators with the uh, uh, COINTELPRO. So, you well, know, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, but no, see, I think we might have a wire crossed a little bit. I'm talking about it's a show on Black Talk Radio, and this person is supposed to be pro-black, and they don't want other black people talking bad about those black, black people like Sharpton and and Joe Madison and whoever else. And they don't want them because they say that they are not the problem. The problem is white people. And we should stay focused only on white people. We should not discuss those, you know, sellouts. Sister Renee, let me me, uh, put something in there. I'm glad you mentioned it. Actually, I talked to Elliot before we did our program tonight. I got a brother that I I, I trained with, and uh, he's very well known out for doing a lot of uh, different uh, pieces of rights. He's very active and he does um, a lot of stuff in African uh, center uh, and then in African center charter schools. And it's, it just depends how you think. Now, let me put this out there and I, and I want you to chime in and see what you think. Now, I know there's some people that like to put people on blast to just to draw attention to what they're doing for ratings, whatever the case may be, more YouTube views and that thing. So that's one thing. Then you have certain people that don't want to get in the mix of calling certain people out because they think it's a waste of energy when the things that we should be doing, we're not focused enough energy on that. But then you have a class of uh, brothers and sisters like you that say, hey, if you're in the forefront and you're talking about you're pro-black or that you're about uh, the, you know, you're about our situation, what's going on, and how it hurts, helps, or hinders us in any type of way. And you and you and you've made mention about things, and you're not calling out people. Then I find I feel that there's something wrong. Now I know there's certain people out there that are saying that they are the new Pan African brother or sister, or I'm the new this or the new that on the on our talk circuits and stuff like that. And there's brothers and sisters out there that are calling them out and critiquing. Um, I, I I go both ways. I don't have any problem with critiquing. Like, say, for example, if someone called me up or called Elliot up and asked us about what Sister Sean had talked about. I don't have any problem with taking a call or answering that type of situation because we're saying we're a black talk radio program. We're about our people. We want to do something with this Flint situation. 
So I'm not trying to flim flam anybody out of any money or anything like that. I donated my money a couple of days ago because I, this is one of the ideas, something that I had in my mind that I think the organization and what we should be doing. That's just how I feel. Everybody don't have to feel that way. So uh, if someone was going to critique me about that, that's fine. I think that people who are taking money from people in our community, they don't have a plan. They should be able to be held accountable and should be able to come on a radio program and discuss where, where the money going What's your plan of action and this and that. Now you're gonna have the other, you're gonna have some other people say, well, you don't do that to white folks when white folks get ready to do that. So it goes both ways. Um, I think it's, it's, it's a good thing to keep our people honest so they, because we're already getting it from, the, from our oppressor from the white folks. And I don't think we need to have our people doing that the same. For me, a lot of these brothers and sisters that you're talking about, I just don't, me, I just don't have the energy in spending that. When I was younger, I, I expect younger people to be in that vibe because you're younger, you know? But for me, I've been there, done that. I just don't feel like it's um, energy well spent for me at this juncture of my life because I want to mm -hmm. see it get things done. So I don't really have a problem. But my the only problem that I would have, I say, I have a problem when you're critiquing somebody and you're talking to them and you're dealing with them like a white person would deal with us. Because, you know, I, I think sometimes within that critique, it ain't a critique about uh, uh, what really the issues are. It's a critique just to cause drama. Like you want to call the brother a coon and all that stuff is like little childish stuff. If you're going to have mm -hmm. a critique and you have your facts ready and stuff like that, I think it's okay. I think it's okay. But I, I think for the younger people, I think your issue that you're talking about is something that a lot of younger people, you have some older people, I find, yeah, let's call these people out that are sellouts to our community. I hear that from younger people, but I say, well, after you call them out, then what? What's the plan of calling them and exposing them, you know? If you don't have any plan, all you're doing is just exposing somebody, putting somebody out there, but it still brings about uh, confusion within our community. If you expose them, but then you give an alternate solution, right? So say, for example, mm -hmm. if you have somebody that is exploiting our community for money to open up a school, I'm just going to give that as an example, right? But you already have CIBI schools, right? African-centered mm -hmm. charter schools all throughout this country that they have a building, right? They have students, they have teachers, they just need support from the community, well, to me, that's giving a viable solution and just blasting. You blast the person, talk about him. He's not being he's not being accountable. But on the other hand, you got to give our people some. I'm I'm tired of people critiquing other people, but they're not giving anything on the other hand, no solutions. And then I'm gonna be one final thing, and I'm gonna let you get in. The, the next thing I always hear when you do critique someone, right? With mm -hmm. facts, I'm not talking about name calling anything like that. The thing is, and LA, LA knows this very well, because we've been critiqued by several people. So a lot of times, it comes with the territory. What are you doing? Is the question that you're gonna ask. And then when you lay out what you're doing in the community, right? Not just talking, not just rhetoric, what you're physically doing, where you have witnesses that have been around to see what you're doing, right? And then you question them, what are you doing, right? You don't hear nothing. I'm talking about the ones who are the supporters of these people 
with, with their rhetoric and with their nonsense that want to get money, want to talk about our women, want to do stuff, but they don't want to be held accountable. I think with Sister Shaw that came up, we need to have standards of conduct with our community. And it can't just be name calling a person to sell out or a Negro or, or whatever else you want to, want to call the person. It got to be more got to be more meat to it than just that if we're going to critique each other. That's just that's just my opinion. I want you to chime in, my sister. Well, well, I, I think that if we could call out these people and we can get rid of them somehow, put them on the sidelines, I think we can overcome the, this problem that we have with white folks and all them other, you know, uh, uh, what do you call them other people that want to be white or whatever, you know, the Arabs and um, Indians and Asians and all them. I mean, is, is, do you feel like that? Do you feel like that, that if if we was to, you know, call out those people and, and, and get them out of the way that we could overcome our problem? I feel, I feel that, I feel that some of the problems, some of the problems, could be eradicated. So say, for example, if you have someone that's just taking money for their benefit, for their own personal gains, but not really for what they say they're doing, yes, that will help the uh, the people who now know this information to be able to funnel money to an organization or to an individual that has a, has a uh, you know, their, their will toward our people. I think one of the problems that comes is that we don't vet people well. We don't yeah. vet people that come in our and I think like with me. If I'm in an organization, the only reason I, I didn't have any intentions of joining the one million conscious black voters contributor, I wanted to support. I'm not really I've never been really into the voting mechanism, but I do understand when I read the information, it made sense of pulling your 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 votes together to do that. But that's only one strategy. That's only a one pronged strategy. It made sense to me. But for me, just to look at and listen to what people are saying and put them on blast, you can do that. But I think, like I said before, it has to be some sort of strategy outcome that you want to come. We've had several people that have been on our program. I don't necessarily agree with their total philosophy. They're doing some good things. I don't agree with everything. And I think we need to start with a habit of knowing who, in our, who is in our midst. And then sometimes... Mm -hmm. We get caught up in personalities because someone could rap the best. You know, they got a good, you know, there's certain brothers out there that we don't, you know, a lot of people don't like. But I, for me to say that they're not charismatic, they don't have a gift, I'm not going to say that they have a gift. Because if you're able to stand in front of people and, and, and garner and get their attention and give information, that's a skill and talent. So I'm not taking away from that person's skill and talent. I'm, I'm taking away from their, their mode of conduct. You know, if you're coming in front of me and telling me, I need to take care of my children. I need to. I need to be an upright black man. But you not doing that, then it's, mm -hmm. you got to look at. You got to look at what it is. To me, it could be a sign. And then this is another thing that we get into. We get into this thing. Well, no one's perfect. I think that's a scapegoat. I'm not looking for nobody that's perfect. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We need to stop using the definition that white folks give on what perfection is. You know, you right. cannot get in front of your folks. And say certain things and don't expect them to call you on it when you're not doing it, when you're not living up to it. You know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. better for you to let them know up front that I'm working on this or this is one of my flaws because I think people will respect you. But when you talk hard talk to your people, you're getting to them to give you money. When you're standing in front of them 
telling them this is I got the I got the plan. This is what you need to follow. You need you need to be the first. You need to be you need to be of the highest caliber in what you're talking about. And if you're not at the highest caliber, you got to be man or woman enough to say I'm a work in progress, so people can understand. But I'm not. But the things we see that happen in our community, it ain't no small things that happen. It's something where if you told, it's some stuff that you tell your children, or you tell you tell your daughter, your son, or a young person in the community not to do. That some of these people that are so-called leaders in our black community, they're doing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that and that I don't have no problem. Ellie and I have mentioned names on the show before. We just don't make it our business right now because you know it's not. You know, if you called in and said, well, I got a problem with X amount of uh, such and such a person, Ellie and I don't know these people personally. I've heard things. I can only speak about the people that I trust that are in my circle that have dealt with these people, and I can trust and I can take, but I can't say anything of a, cert- of a certainty unless I've been around people. Now, there's people in Philadelphia that I could talk about because I don't dealt with them, and, I t- and Ellie will tell you in a minute. I they have good speech, good rap, good ideas, but I'm not dealing with them in no meeting because you know what's going to happen. You go to their, you go and get on their bandwagon for a little while, and there's going to be some drama because it's always drama no matter where they go. Because that's what they are. If you're not following what they like, they ain't, they got a problem with you. I've been called a Tom on air on on, on a terrestrial radio station because I didn't want to follow. When somebody said his sister called me, Tom got my name all out there, and I just dealt with it. I move on. And I've gone to some of her meetings. All right. You got you mm-hmm. holding the meeting and you showing up 45 minutes late. Not once, not twice, not three times, four times. I don't deal with those. I don't deal with anybody like that that's not gonna respect the, the, the smallest man or the totem pole. If you can't respect the the, the 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 poor among us or the small, and you think you're that elite, I'm talking about even with these conscious black brothers. That's in our community. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't respect our women. You can't respect our children. Then I can't be down with you. With all that better. you could do whatever you want to do in your personal life. You could do in your personal <laughs> life, but don't talk up at any public platform. And you ain't trying to live like that. That's when the sister Sean had talked about the moral codes. We definitely need that. We need that. We we need to step up our behavior, the way we think, and where we conduct ourselves. So I'm saying for young people. I don't have no problem calling out people. You know, some older people want to do that. I just think for me and where I am, I'd rather just get some stuff done that's going to be productive than, than me calling. You have some other people don't think that way, and I don't, I, don't, I don't have no problem with them as long as the end game, because you know what? The same people that you're critiquing and you're calling out, depending on your, your, your mindset and how you think about things, you still want them to become whole because that's still your brother and sister. When it's all, no matter what it is, you still want them to come back to their natural black mind. You got some of us that want to critique, don't want those, don't want that brother or sister ever to come back to their natural mind. If I critique somebody, say, yo, you wrong as hell, what you doing, and this and that and other, you, you need to sit your ass down someplace, excuse the language, <clears throat> because you're doing us a disservice. I still That's- want that brother and sister, if I'm sitting down by myself and thinking about that, I still want this brother and sister to really come back and get, and get themselves together to, to, to work with us because that's what we need. We need as many people as we can doing as many things as possible because no white folks is not playing with us. They're not playing with us. They they serious. And sister, that's before I let I you go, before I let you go, because um, I, I I know that you had a concern about uh, 
and you mentioned politicians in particular that have been doing damage uh, to our people. Um, I, I do agree with you. They they do serious damage uh, to our people and to a lot of our efforts. Uh, they did damage when we were in, enslaved, and they they're doing damage now. The thing that we have to just keep in mind that we need to change our mindset. We have to really work on changing our mindset as we evolve and always keep our people in the forefront and the love of our people because white folks use a formula when they're dealing with our people and they wave they they wave things, they wave money, they wave uh, material possessions in front of our people, especially when they start rising to these seats in office the majority the overwhelming majority of these black elected officials that have gotten these seats start out as community people it might not be grassroots but they're community people they don't start out shucking and jiving uh, scratching where it don't itch and laughing when it ain't funny around white folks. Because if they did, they would never have gotten elected or never got support from the community. So a lot of them do start out uh, conscious of th- so-called conscious of things in the community. But when they get to certain seats, when they get to be able to rise to certain levels or even to keep those seats, then money is waved in their faces, uh, the... the uh, potential of more quote-unquote power is waved in their faces and they throw the love of their people out the window and go after money or go after things so we it's it's a constant fight we have to change our mindset and how we deal with our people and we always have to keep the love of our people in the forefront that's true but so it seems like we're never going to get get rid of this problem then. No, I, I definitely believe that we are. I mean, listen, we were brought to you this really country. believe we are? Yes. Yes. Things always change. Things change. This country is not going to. Uh, listen, uh, kingdoms and civilizations have risen and fallen. This country is mm-hmm. not going to stay the same. It's not going to stay the same. It's eventually going to fall. Those that were on the bottom gonna be raised to the top. That's the way things are. That's the how. That's the way the Almighty has planned it. We just got to prepare ourselves to take our rightful position on this planet among all people. Our people were the first to bring civilization to this world. If we were the creation of the Almighty, He put us here for a reason. He gave us these understandings: how to become civil, how to write laws how to uh, give the world civilization and morality. That was done for a reason. Now, our fall from that grace is something that we have to deal with, but we're going to come back to that state. I truly believe it. We just have to prepare ourselves to do it. Hey, Brother Elliot. Okay. Yeah, stay, stay, on, stay on the line, sister. I've been getting okay. some, some, some emails and texts in the background. So let me, let me use this as an example. And I, and I think you would understand this because you, you raised this. So Stacy Dash, right? I think she's being paid. She's, she's saying incredibly off-the-wall stuff about, you know, black folks' condition. 
Yeah. Um, do you think she's a problem? Yes. Okay. Do you think we need to call? Do you think we need to call her out, or she's ready by her by her statements? Do you think she's ready calling herself out? I just I think she's calling her own self out. Okay. So since she's calling herself out, should we pay more attention to what she's saying? Because I don't think she has. Okay, she she has the power because if she has a platform on television or radio to influence a lot of minds, right? So I do see that power mm-hmm. there. But she doesn't have any power as far as legislating anything. She could be the spokesperson for 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 white people and their agenda, but she doesn't really have any other power other than her thoughts, just like Ellie and I have on this radio, to try to reprogram the minds of the people that are listening to our show. So after that, she's exposing herself. Then, then what? When? Then what do we do? Because, because, because there's a way. There's a couple of ways you can look at. It. You see, apparently she has some self hatred, right? Lots but, of it, yes. But is she coming on a program like this or a Black Talk Radio program? Do you think she, she, she's willing to? Spew, she might be able to. She might be willing to spew that type of uh, rhetoric on a black talk radio program, but you don't see any black talk radio program really wanting to get her on to, 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 to talk her stuff. I've, I've seen her on some type of, I've seen her on some hip hop programs, you know, that are down mm-hmm. there. But, I, you know, for me, she's just telling us what she's about. So I, I just carry on because my thing is the, 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 the station that she's on that's allowing to carry the rhetoric, they know exactly what, they, what they're doing. I don't listen. I don't listen to stuff. I just see the stuff online. I don't listen to MS, MS, you know, NBC and all that. I don't. I don't watch it because I just know. I don't either. Their stuff. I think one of the one of the things that we can do to save to save ourselves and our, our children is turn our television off. Stop watching that nonsense. Stop watching their propaganda news. That if you turn it to mm-hmm. three, six, ten, Fox, CNN, it's the same stuff, the same story. And then when they want to delete stuff out about white police officers, FOP, when they want to use their code words about who's a terrorist versus this person is psychologically impaired or damaged, mm-hmm. we, we know all this stuff. Not all, some yeah. of us don't, but we know it. Right. Sister, I want to, I want to thank you for calling this evening, and, and, and uh, don't be a stranger. Call again. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank, thank you. you. Okay. Bye. Have a good night. Let's go to seven seven three area code. What's your name? Where you calling from? Yeah, you got me, brother. Yes, brother. I'm sorry to keep you waiting. And oh, this... that's okay, brother. You know, I mean, I wait forever for y'all. And y'all this... got the, one of the hottest talk shows in uh, radio period. This is this is is this my man, brother X? Most racist yes, city in America. <laughs> that's right. Chicago. I knew you were gonna call me when LA started talking about Chicago. <laughs> I know I got a lot of competition when I say that. <laughs> Go ahead, Brother Axe. How you doing tonight, yeah. sir? I'm doing without. Okay. It got me the way they like me. Okay. Let me say a, a few so things. You still got quick. your phone not... working. Oh, yes, sir. Yeah, I'm got it working for a minute. You know, the great white father, he let me talk a little bit. Okay. Uh, oh, Mary and Barry, the lady talked so good of him. And uh, Mary and Barry did some good things in uh, challenging the system. But uh, for for Marion Barry not to realize that the system had him on their radar, that was uh, very disappointing to me. 
you would have thought Mary Berry would have knew that they just waiting to get him. And the same thing go for Kwame Kilpatrick in Detroit. You know, you think he would have known they watching him and waiting to get him. And then when Claude Anderson went to Detroit with a program, Kwame uh, Kilpatrick, he went against uh, Claude Anderson. And this kind of conduct from a Negro politician, it goes across the country. Now, uh, in Chicago, uh, when they shot that boy 16 times, assassinated him, the mayor uh, uh, had somebody to go to the Negroes in the city. Them, they needed $5 million to pay this family off, this black woman off for her son getting shot. Them Negroes didn't even ask to see the tape or nothing. They agreed to pay the money. Didn't come to us and say nothing. And there's about 19 of them down there. So, you know, people keep telling us to vote. We get these sorry Negroes in. Then that, that policeman stayed in on death duty 13 months. Now we still got police out there who falsified their uh, police reports about this boy was uh, uh, fighting them and stuff. And they still on duty. So these black politicians, they setting us out across the country. And with that happening, uh, that's bad news. Now, there's three ways to hold a politician accountable. A lot of people don't believe it. But the three ways to hold a politician accountable is money, violence, and intimidation. We employ neither. That's why them Negroes sell us out day in, day out. What is their punishment? They ain't worrying about you not voting for them. They done got paid off. But they'll be worried if they slip on banana peel or fall down the stairs. When Lincoln told them white boys, uh, well, you know, we done did these uh, slaves wrong. They need to start. I'm going to give them 40 acres in the mule. Them white boys then said, man, we got to vote Lincoln out next term. They didn't say that. They went and took care of Lincoln right then and there. And that's one of the things we don't employ. And that's why Nick Rowe politician is going to continue to sell us out. Now, quickly, I'm going to give you some more information on John Byrd that people are probably not aware of. Go ahead. They did not. They did not convict John Byrd of torture. They convicted him of lying about it. There was a number of police with John Byrd on this torture. It was mm-hmm. a neighborhood police station. You know he didn't torture these people by himself. He was the only one that they charged, and they gave him a slap on the wrist. Mm-hmm. This neighborhood police station is in a black community. You think black police at that station didn't know what them white boys was doing? <laughs> of course they know. You know, I've been in the game. When some police do something crazy to us, we tell everybody we come in contact with. When they moving us uh, to the county jail or whatever. We tell the ne- police who come get us. We tell the next prisoner. So, hey, them boys, they talk and told. Black police know, and they knew. And by them letting John Byrd get away with this crap way back when, it, 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 it makes things continue. Yes. Then you come up to, to us getting shot down. Now, there's no end in sight, brother. I know you don't want to hear that. There's no end in sight to this police violence and terror. They represent the system. They know they're not going to be punished. 
and they know they ain't gonna be punished. So who you gonna call? Who you gonna call? So it, it's gonna continue. Now I'm gonna I'm close with this, brother. Garvey had the only answer for us. Now, I ain't, I, I, you, you all can keep doing what you're doing. I ain't got no problem with that. Garvey said, you must leave here. You must go back home. He said that in 1920. Garvey said, this is not your land. You was brought here to be a slave. You would never be treated fairly here. Garvey said that in the 1920s. I got 80 years to analyze was Garvey right. That's the hindsight I got. I say he was absolutely right. Because you ain't going to never get no freedom and, and justice here. That's a pipe dream. It, it defies logic. It would never happen. And now uh, in Flint, Michigan, that governor did that on purpose. He did that on purpose. Bush, uh, when he killed a million people, Oprah, Oprah Winfrey asked Bush, she interviewed him. She said, Mr. President, what you got to say about all them people that died in this illegal walk? Bush told Oprah, <coughs> well, hello, <coughs> now, let, let me tell you, <coughs> it was a bad call. It was a bad call. Bush killed over a million people, bombs, planes, soldiers. He tell Oprah it was a bad call. He goes down in Texas on the ranch, ride his horses, go to the ball game, throw out the first pitch, standing ovation. That governor now told my old mistakes was made in uh, Michigan. People die when no mistakes made. This is done on purpose. And uh, Flint and Michigan, they don't even have control of their city, but they can vote. The governor in Michigan, listen carefully, He's the king and the queen of Michigan. He answered to nobody. The only person that can do something to him is that Uncle Tom president you got. And he ain't going to do it. But that king and queen governor in Michigan, get ready. Because it's going to go across this country. They're going back to the king and queen. That's what you're headed for. That's why you see all these attacks on public service, schools, and everything. If you ain't rich or got money, your children will not be educated. They won't even have no school to go to. That's that charter school, all that mess. They finna put us back in chains. Brother X, I want to yes, thank you always for your call. I want to thank you, brother, for giving me that chance to spill. <laughs> Peace. Peace to you, brother. Appreciate it. 267 area code. What's your name? Where you calling from? Hey, good evening, Elliot. Good evening, uh, Rich. Hey, um, well, how you feel, sir? Hey, hey, look, I'm feeling pretty good, man. I was listening to the conversations. I was listening to the young lady that was talking about a particular program. Elliot, me and you have talked before. Um, Just like Brother X was just talking about this president and this. this um, um, uh, attorney general we have, how these sisters, you know, um, basically were protesting to get her in office, protesting Congress to get this woman in office. And since then, about 16, 17 black women have died in police custody since she's been in office and not a peep out of them. 
no investigations, no nothing. They did do a Ferguson investigation. And all they did was basically slap us in the face because they told us, yeah, it was nothing but injustice down there. But nobody was locked up. Nobody was fined. Nothing. But they wrote a nice little pretty report up and told you what they were doing in Ferguson and how our, our people were being unfairly targeted in traffic stops and everything. Locked up, everything, but nobody's got locked up or anything. We're just a nice little pretty report. So I do believe what that sister is saying that called in a little while ago. These people need to be exposed. They are not fighting for the masses at all. And I know the program she's talking about because what that person would say to you is basically, well, they're not the problem. White supremacy is the problem. But yes. They are pro- they're, they're, white supremacy is the problem, but they're puppets in the game that's playing along with it and upholding it. So we should allow and should warn our people of these people. Like I've been tra- talking about these black, no good politicians for years. And I heard the same program Joe heard last night. And one of the, one of the guys even said, if we take every one of these black politicians out of this country right now and ship them somewhere, what difference would it make? It would make absolutely nothing. Um, Ernie Chambers, a brother from uh, Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah, he's strong. I gotta brother take too. my strong brother. I strong. gotta take my hat off to somebody strong like brothers. him, and he's so he's so strong they won't mess with him. And I thought that brother was a Democrat, but he's not. He's he's an independent, uh, the Alliance Party or something. He calls himself. He doesn't yeah, wear a suit very, and he's tie. He's a very strong brother. Yes, sir. And he fights for his community. And he even told his community, we got to see these policemen as terrorists. And he said he would pull his gun and shoot one. And they wanted him to apologize. He said, I'm not apologizing. He said, I'm not apologizing. So those are the kind of politicians we need. Not these old weak kneed Cory Bookers. (laughs) These, you know, none of these people. You know what I mean? You know, the the sad thing, when when you bring Ernie Chambers' name up, the thing is, this is an older brother. We need younger people that's in that that's in there that have that type of same type of strength, you know, that he has. He's an older man, right. you know. Right. He's an older man that has not been bought. You know, a lot of our older men have been through, you know, the sixties and seventies. You know, they get a cushy position, a political position, or a cushy position teaching at the university. They've been bought. Sometimes some right. of them are tired, but a lot of them they've been bought. You can understand they put in the work. 20, 30 years, they just tired, you know, so I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not trying to diss them, but we need younger people with that same type of mindset that he has, you know, and resurrect the spirit into them, you know. You know, and I understand what Elliot's saying about far as we got to change our mindset. He's absolutely uh, correct because we got good brothers, good men that I barely hear anything on terrestrial radio online radio, like the brother Pickney out there in uh, in Michigan that's been locked up because Whirlpool wanted to take over the town. And you got the same situation that's in Flint. I cannot get this guy's name, but when I get this guy's name, I'm get, he was a city councilman who was a whistleblower on the uh, water right from the start. Well, they have that man incarcerated right now in, 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 in Flint, Michigan, drinking poisonous water. But you don't hear nothing about it on television. Yeah, Rachel Maddow, yeah, she, she, but she's not going to tell you that. 
that they had taken a councilman that was a whistleblower and locked him up just to shut him up and now forcing that brother to drink that polluted water. Or the brother, uh, or, I'm going to call him a brother, Randy Order. You would have never knew about Eric Garner if it wasn't for him. Locked him up, feeding him rat poison, but none of these so-called civil rights leaders or whatever is exposing that kind of nonsense. They're just taking these victims' families and now pushing them all behind Hillary Clinton while they're behind closed doors. See, they know they've been exposed. So now they're taking these victims' families and, and putting them behind Hillary Clinton's campaign so it wouldn't look like they're so it wouldn't look like they're the ones doing it. But we know who we know he's behind Trayvon Martin's um, mother, Eric Gardner's mother, all these people, these victims. He's using them as pawns to put this criminal in office, man. So you know these people should be exposed. I agree with that, sister, one hundred percent. You know she she made me call in because I said like. Yeah, you know, and then after we expose them, like you said, Elliot, we got to change our mindset. Mm-hmm. Let's start. Let, let's start exposing the people that do stand up for us. Let's start uh, telling the people where they're at. Let's start writing some letters. Let's start trying to have a campaign to get these people out because they're nothing but political prisoners, brother. So yeah, you know what, yeah, and I, you know Flint, what Ralph? That man in Flint, Michigan, right now is in prison drinking that water. You know what, and Ralph? That's a I, damn shame. I, I feel so bad, to Reverend Pinckney, because uh, I was in contact with him when he first went in, but I've kind of lost contact. And he would—he had been on our program about three or four times. He used to call yep. me, call me and Reg. I mean, Reverend, Reverend Pinckney was a, and and the thing about Long it, man. he was in prison before they put him in jail for a year. And when he came out. Most people, they come out, they just go on, and uh, they sit in the corner. They don't say nothing. When he came out, he had just as much fire as when he was out, when, when he wasn't in prison. And then they put him yeah. in there and trumped up charges. I mean, it's incredible how they was able to put him in prison for this number of years with uh, nothing, no evidence, no nothing. Yep. It's, yep. it's incredible. I, I believe it was a Bible verse. If I'm not no, that was when he went in prison the first time. Okay. This time it was, they, uh, it was over those. It was over the the, the votes, the votes. Yeah, supposedly some fraudulent some tampered, votes. Yeah, tampered. Yeah, tampering, double double votes and stuff like that. They try to scheme up. But you have, but see, my 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 thing is, you have nothing out of that White House or that Attorney General that were, that our people will use as pawns, protesting to get her in there. You don't hear nothing from them, man. Or that crime scene, like Brother X just got finished talking about, that crime scene in Chicago. That's nothing but a huge crime scene. You don't hear a peep out of that White House or that attorney general. You know what I mean? So it's really sad. And we need to blow the whistle on those Trojan horses. That's what I call them. I mean, they look like gifts. They look like gifts, but they're really weapons. That, so, you know. that mess that went on in Chicago that was exposed because they exposed that abandoned factory where they was torturing people. Some of these uh-huh. elected officials, if they had any, was worth anything, would be standing on people's desks demanding that something be done. I mean, you, you're torturing people. They worry about what's going on in Gitmo and all these other places. It's supposed to be against the Geneva Convention to torture. They're torturing 
getting coercing people to confess to crimes, uh, uh, electrical shock to men's testicles and all that stuff, getting them to confess and then turn around and pay them some money 30 years later. What, what, is that supposed to, to give you your life back? Hey, Ralph, let me, let me, ask, let me ask you a question. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think this might not be the most appropriate question for, you, for Elliot and you, for me, or even me. You might need some other people in this. I just want to ask you, see what your thoughts are. So when we talk about exposing people uh-huh. in situations, now, we all like entertainment. To us, to a certain extent, to a degree. So I like a good laugh. We all like a good laugh, but after, but there's certain times, you know, the laughing and all that clowning and the, you know all that stuff that goes with it. Sometimes it's way overboard. Now we know there's a lot of terrestrial stations that, you know, we got to be real about are, this. Are pure garbage. Go no, ahead. no, hold on, hold on, hold on. Well, we got to be real about it because they. <laughs> <laughs> right. Hold on for a minute, Ralph. You got my solder. All right. Uh, a lot of these radio stations, they need they need advertising. They need mm-hmm. advertising dollars, and they're not getting it from black supporters. Not enough to stay on there, to, you know, to, you know, to be viable to keep going on. So we do understand. We know we understand that locally because we we dealt with that situation and we've seen it, and we've seen that with other uh, other stations. So that's a that's a, that's a real situation. Now, my thoughts. Are we are we are we supposed to call out some of these well-known programs that come on morning drive time? That okay, if you have a three-hour program, seventy-five percent of it is foolishness. It's not really anything right. substantive. I'm not talking about the music playing. I'm talking about when you're talking. I'm not talking right. about the music playing. When you have the chance to address and talk about it, the, the majority of the stuff you're talking is just. It's just clown stuff. Now I don't listen to that type of stuff every once in a while, but I that's, don't either. That's not my thing. So that's why I said I don't know if we are the people that need this question addressed to. But are those programs? They have a far-reaching audience, which I know, and I'm not going to take credit. They have their talent, and where, where they are, so I don't have any problem. But I noticed that people. I'm not taking anything away from their talent and skills. I want to put that up front, but. The people who seem to have meteor high rises in their professions, when you talk about radio and stuff like that, they're really people that are not really, I'm not going to say the word pro-black. I'm not going to say that they don't care about black people, but it's not a person with any sort of like a balance in their seriousness. It's not, it's always like has to be tilted to more clowning on the one side and maybe like 75% clowning, 15% seriousness. You never get that balance of maybe 50-50 without, when our folks in certain positions, you know, I have that. And I don't ever see, I'm just going to make a plan. You got uh, Carl Nelson's program. Right. On no program in D.C. I got a lot of respect right. for Carl Nelson. I wrote and, a letter, and, and I wrote a letter to the uh, to station management and told them, nobody listens to that garbage they're putting on after the 19th. Now, now, you know, why did but let me get the flip side, Ralph. Now, I do have respect for that morning program from where that brother came from, what he used to do. You know what I mean? When he first started. I remember listening to him when I was in grade school. You know, when he used to do, he used to be on the weekends. He used to have the top, you might know, you and Ellie might remember, the top, what, 25, top 50. Then he started talking. We're talking about time joining. We're going to make it plain, right? But they moved a program where a brother 
didn't get enough advertising support from the community. He got a lot of calls, got a lot of good guests. Why he was switched? So what's our what's our thoughts about that? Is that the fault of station management trying to stay on the air? Because if they're not on the air, then you don't have his program on either. Or is that is that well, or, or is that the fault of the community? Well, one thing about it, let's expose that. Radio One is not a black-owned radio station. You know, it's not. A, so when you got people like Jay Stevens and Gary Bernstein that run the show there. That lets you know who run the show. So we need to. You got black, but you got black. You got black owned radio stations that are black owned, but they have their 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 uh. What's the word I want to use? <laughs> they can hide. Well, wait, 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 hide wait, you don't want to. You don't want to use those words. You don't want to use those words. And, and we don't. Well, oh, hold, 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 uh, hold, hold on, rap. We have a okay. Hold on, rap. We have some black radio stations, right? That are black owned, but they are, they have to get on there. Hold on, let me be nice. Let me hit me nice. They get a high amount of advertising dollars and contributions, not from the black community. They get it from the Jewish community. So, therefore, as a result of them getting a high amount of dollars from the Jewish community, they only could, they, 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 they can't talk about some things in relationship to that particular community because it's going to stop the flow of advertising dollars coming from the Jewish community. And then we're talking about a black-owned radio station. They need those right. Jewish dollars, though, in order for them to stay in business. So, but, so, on the flip, so, but, hold up, but on the so flip the side... Jews own it. So, the, so the Jews own it. I mean, it ain't black-owned. It's Jewish-owned. Now, no, let's no, put it, it this way. Hey, no, 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 I, mean, I, mean, I mean, if they can't, if they can't say certain things, uh, 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 to address our community because they're getting money called in from a certain group of people, then they're not black-owned, Rich. The money that controls that station, it owns them. So I wouldn't even call them black-owned. I would say they got black faces there. But the money that controls... See, that's what Claude Anderson is talking about. That's what a lot of people are talking about. We can say black-owned is black-owned that. But if, the, but if they're scared to address certain things because of a certain group of people that control them, it's not black-owned. So we got to call it for what it is. It's and not black-owned. And I don't have any problem with what you're saying, but I'm just trying to give the polemic or, 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 or the flip side of this, of this dualistic situation. So I'm saying you're talking about Kathy... Uh, you're talking about Kathy Hughes Station, right? She's the founder. She's now, the now, 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 but, but, but you know, but we know that in the articles in Corporation, the way it's set up now, that that is definitely not a hundred percent black-owned company. Now, on the flip no side, the flip side, what, what I just wanted to give, and I agree with you, Ralph. I agree with you because that advertising dollars is controlling what you're saying. Then you you might be black-owned in face, but you're really Jewish-owned because that's, that's where you're you taking your money from. So I got you. But what I'm using on the flip side, it's a black-owned radio station, black-owned company that is not getting enough advertising dollars from the black community. So what, what is left for them to do if we still um, want to be in existence? Well, well, it, it, that's that's it, the that's the it, dilemma it, that it, black radio it, stations it, it, go through. And, and you know what? You know what? It, it's a brother out there. Uh, I'm not going to mention his name, 
but he put up a thing about the um, and not to get off topic because I'm gonna bring it right back to where you were at. He brought up a thing about like, damn the Oscars, boycott these black owners of entertainment. They're the black people that got the money, what but the, they they they're but they're they're crying to get a statue, and we supposed to feel sorry for them. Screwed them and that statue. And they, I don't even watch the Oscars. I don't watch the Academy. They put no money back into a station like that. See, you're talking to people that are barely can barely pay their heating bills, their water bills. They don't have the money to put back into a black-owned station. They don't have it. But some of these people do. And the ones that do are the ones that's crying about they can't go there and get a little statue. Screw them. Because they don't invest nothing back into the communities or invest in a conscious radio station or anything. So I, I, I agree you, with what this brother said. Well, you, uh, screw, the, screw the Oscars. Boycott those people that don't invest nothing back in our community. You, you now, now, listen, Ralph, let me say something in reference to that. Because you raise an excellent point, and it's an answer to Reg's question when he said, what do we do? See, our people are not stupid. It's, it's solutions to every problem. Now, if you've got black radio stations that, that are held hostage, whether they willingly or unwillingly, by uh, Jewish firms or Jewish companies that wave money in their faces and they act like they got to take it, it's, it's other black entities around that they can start networking with to keep their businesses black if they want to keep it black and keep their businesses afloat. They choose to take the easy way out. See, it's easy if I just say, oh, Y'all don't support me. I'm a black company. I'm taking my money from uh, Gerald Weinstein. That's the easy way out. But it, it takes work. It takes intelligence to make people sit down at the table and start working with our people. You raise an excellent analogy with these Oscars, Ralph. Now, you got <clears throat> black people always been complaining about this system, and they feel in the pinch. Most of our people in this country live below the poverty line or working poor or straight out poor. But you had the 1% of black folk that make the money. Some of them look down on their folks that don't have money. Some of them act like they don't exist, like they don't see them. But all of a sudden, they're getting slapped in the face to realize that white folk look at them just like they look at me and you, even though they're the so-called 1%. So now their solution, last year was the same thing. If you're talking about the Oscars, they nominated no black actors for nothing. Yeah. So so it was talk about it. So then they said, well, the, the, this, the Screen Actors Guild or whatever said, well, we'll, we'll, we'll make you present us. You can, you can hand us our Oscars. And they were satisfied yeah. with it. And Shopton and them was running around talking about we're going to protest. But then he didn't say anything when they said, well, we'll make a few of them present us. Now, they did the same thing to them again. Uh Now, what's their solution? You had Jada Pinkett Smith, her husband and others say, well, we're going to boycott the Oscars. Some of them, which is to be expected, said that they're not going to boycott the Oscars, that they're going. They asked Chris Rock, who's doing the uh, monologues or the, the host, not to host it. So... His solution is, well, I had a speech written, but I'm going to tear up my speech and I'm going to write something else. Well, listen, you know that his speech, he's a comedian, 
So you know his speech going to be mixed with jokes or full of jokes. And to be honest, that's not a joking manner. It's not a joking subject. So if you've got these people that are in the top 1%, millions of millionaires, and if they pool their money, they're multi-billionaires, then if they can't come up with a better solution than I'm a boycott an Oscar, they ought to be ashamed of themselves. They got connections. It's sad. sad. They got connections. As being actors, they got connections with the cream of the cream of blacks with money. They got connections. Black actors got connections with black entertainers. I mean, uh, excuse me, with with uh, with black uh, uh, music entertainers and with black athletes that have a lot of money. If you can't come up with better solutions among all of that intelligentsia, so to speak, financial intelligentsia, then you come up with some, I'm a boycott an Oscar. Listen here, and I'm just dealing with three, <laughs> with three individuals. If you take Oprah, Michael Jordan, and Tiger Woods and put their money together, look how many billions you're talking about. And that's your. You, got, you just you just got three beautiful white minds. Well, I ain't, uh, but I'm not talking about the fact that they're white and, minds. And you just expose some people, Elliot. But I'm you not know, talking about the fact of be having white minds. We know that they. But I'm talking about the financial power that is just among three people I mentioned. What about all these other actors and entertainers that they pal around with and sports celebrities that want to be around them? You can't come up with saying, listen, screw Hollywood. We're going to take our business to Nigeria. Nolly, what they call it over there in Nigeria where they're making films now. Let's take our business over there. Let's start networking with other black folks in movies. We'll start our own distribution company and network it among our people worldwide. You can't come up with better solutions than to talk about, I'm not going to an Oscar. You got to be kidding me. when, When you're a slave, you can't come up with a better solution, bro. I, I, and, that, and that's the, and that's the sad part about it. These people are slaves. They got money, but they're slaves. They they want and, and, and I like what D.L. Hewley said. The boycott the Oscars is like me and you boycotting a Klan rally. Come on, that's sad. It's really sad. So I I just had to call. In, and the man, thing about it, a lot of these guys know what they're up against. You hear them making comments. I think uh, yeah, Ice they, Cube made a comment. Slaves. But if they know what they're up against, you don't. You don't, why aren't you doing something about it? Why aren't you joining with some of these grassroots organizations? I remember Claude Anderson said he had spoke to several entertainers about trying to pool their money to do different things, and they give him excuse about, well, I'm represented by other people. I'm represented by Jewish law. They're not going to allow me to do this. Come on here. I don't need. I agree with you. I don't want to hear nothing about. It. I don't want to go to no Oscars. So what? I don't watch no Oscars. I'm boycotting them, Elliot. I'm boycotting all them handkerchief heads that's talking about boycotting that. You, you so, better boycott. I mean, you better boycott them, Ralph. Ain't that, we ain't doing nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah you right. You right. I've been boycotting. They'll give them some ain't movie roles. Good, ain't nothing good out of Hollywood. They'll give them some movie roles. Soul Plane and other stuff like that. They'll give them another Soul Plane. Let them be in that. Yeah, and they nominate that next year. You know what I mean? Soul Plane too. They nominate that le- next year. And say here, there y'all go. So happy now. I mean, it's sad, bro. It, it, it it's really sad, man. So I just called in, man. You got to be a mammy. You got to be a killer. You got to be something low life in order to win a, a war. Yeah, junkie. A war. 
Yeah, junkie. Yeah. Drug dealer. Yeah. <laughs> you got Yeah, you might you we might give y'all something then. It's 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 sad, man. So, all right, brothers. I just called in, man. It was open for him. I said, let me call in, and uh, you know, especially after listening to a few of the callers, and uh, I agree with that one sister. You know, we should expose some of this garbage that's that that food team puts on there to represent us. We gotta have a forum where we can fight against the fools that they put on this television set to represent us. You gotta have something to fight against that. If you don't, our young people are gonna grow up admiring the Oprah's, the uh, uh, Will Smith's little son, and all the rest of that stuff that's coming out of Hollywood, man. You gotta have something to fight against that. And this is actually the thing for it. You gotta expose that garbage, because it's all garbage we're being pumped up with right now. And you gotta fight back against it. So I just called in, man. It was open for him. I said, let me give you all a call. I was listening. I said, I couldn't help myself. I had to call in. (laughs) Thanks for your call, man. Talk to you later. All right. Talk to you all later. Peace out. We'll take a brief break, and we'll come back. We'll wind up the program. Mr. Moderator, our distinguished guests, brothers and sisters, our friends and, and our enemies, Everybody is here. You are tuned in to the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts and live program scheduling, visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com. All Insurance Incorporated, an African-American-owned and operated insurance agency and business for over 20 years, located at 231 Southeastern Road in Glenside, PA, with other offices in Germantown and West Philadelphia. Call now for commercial insurance quotes, homeowner's insurance quotes, automobile insurance quotes, notary and tax services, representing over 15 major A-rated insurance companies, offering a discount on all notary services when you call in for a free quote. Call this number, 21 21- 215-885-2444. That number is 215-885-2444. 215-885-2444. All Insurance Incorporated. Before your roof becomes unruly, call Dooley. Dooley Brothers, specializing in shingle, rubber roofs, gutters, downspouts, and vinyl sidings. Call for your free estimate today, 215-224-3882. That's 215-224-3882. Dooley Brothers Roofing, the roofing experts you can trust. That number again, 215-224-3882. 215-224-3882. Before your roof becomes unruly, call Dooley. Antiquity to the present, our people need to develop a new paradigm. It's time for an awakening. Sundays, 7 p.m., with your hosts, Elliot and Reggie. Welcome back to Time for an Awakening. And uh, before we wind up things this evening, let me remind you again about timeforanawakening.com. Go on there. Uh, you'll be able to hear the podcast of the program tonight. And you got to excuse me, listening audience. I've been a little laxed in my duties. 
to get things up on the site like I'm supposed to. I've had some family issues going on. Um, I think I could see my way clear to start doing some more things. Me, me and Brother Reg going to start uh, getting things like we want to, getting the site arranged like we really want to. So this week you're going to see some changes, a lot of stuff uh, moving forward on the site, uh, blogs, uh, original articles, original content. Uh, products that we use every day can be purchased from the site, uh, podcasts of the show, and a lot more different exciting things. Also, one thing that uh, that you can go on the site and do is there is a link to IamOneOfTheMillion.com. Again, that's a link to IamOneOfTheMillion.com, the one million conscious black voters and contributors. You can go to TimeForAwakening.com. It's a link there. You can go to the site, read the planks. Get involved. It's no excuse, 2016, not to be involved in something that's going to help our people move forward. Brother Rich, any final words? Yeah, I do. I just want to follow up. I want to thank Sister Sean for calling to the program tonight and elaborating uh, to the listening audience about our campaign, uh, Time for the Awakening in association with the One Million Conscious Black Voters and Contributors and Friends. If anyone's interested in donation, donating to the Flint, Michigan situation, we have alkaline water. Uh, there's three ways that you can contribute to purchase the alkaline water. A case is at $18 right now. I am one in a million dot com. You could go click on products and you'll see the link below the universal link to be used for all websites. Um, you also could go directly to Go to blacktradelines.com, click on the store, scroll down, or search for water. That's www.blacktradelines.com. You'll see the alkaline water on there. You can make a purchase off of there. It's $18 per case. And finally, if you would like to donate, this is the third way. Text the word water, W-A-T-E-R, to 310 Two seven two five four three eight. Text the word "water" on your cell phone to three one zero two seven two five four three eight. Once again, without you, there's no time for awakening program. So we want to let you know we do appreciate your efforts and your listening and everything you do for us to keep us uh, going. Also, peace. You know, I want to mention before we leave, it, Rich. Um, last week we had brothers from Black Trade Lines uh, on. And uh, the app and everything about what they're doing is excellent. Uh, we have had others on. Uh, the sister Nataki from uh, By Black 365. And I think it's one or two other entities out there that are trying to get our people to start buying, purchasing, and developing black businesses and recycling our money. Uh, I'm glad that we can use the vehicle of Time for Awakening to bring these entities together, hopefully we'll start working together, bring things in more closely so all of these tentacles can form one fist. That's our objective. Let's all work together to handle this situation and do what we have to do as a people. I want to thank everybody for listening to the program this evening. Lively discussion, as always. And we'll be back next week, Lord willing to continue on this path towards an awakening. Peace.
Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. A 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.